You know what this is like? It's like those old movies we both love. Now I'm going to tell you my whole plan, and then I'm going to come up with some absurd and convoluted way to kill you, and you'll find an equally convoluted way to escape. Sounds good to me. Well, this ain't that kind of movie. Hello and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar, and with me today is... Luke. Followed by... Ralph. And uh, this is episode number 180. 180. And today's episode, we're going to review three movies. Uh, two new, kind of new, brand new. One of them is uh, it's going to be the new Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Or is it Mission possibly colon impossible i think that was the original title and then hyphen dead reckoning another colon or semicolon part one um followed by we'll also review a movie local a ranch comedy that came out a week before uh, called joyride and that movie it's a uh, kind of a road trip movie yes i would call that um and then 30, we're going to do the 30th anniversary review of uh, Tombstone, which obviously came out in 1993. Uh, we're going to check those out. So you can always um, find this episode and all of our other episodes at otherpodcast.com. Don't forget to go there. That's really the only other source um, where you can find us. And you can find and keep up with our marathon. We've been doing the anniversaries marathon, of course. Uh, this is our last entries, really. Um, 30th year, 30th anniversaries are our last entries for this marathon. So check it as, check us out there at otherpodcast.com. Um, for more. Luke. Why, hello there. What's going on with you? I, honestly, not a whole lot the last two weeks. Just been. (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) Just been working, honestly. And whenever I have some free time, I'll watch some movie, which I'll talk about later, and then playing Diablo 4. Nice. You've been playing Diablo 4? Yeah. Is that new? Yes. It just came out in June. I'm way behind. I have, like, five more days to, like, get my character to, like, fully finish the game. So I can start, like, with the season one character. I don't know what that means. I basically, after this, starting July 20th, they're gonna have like you can make a whole brand new character and there's gonna be like like a battle pass system I'm assuming you earn rewards and stuff like that but in order to participate you have to beat the game first oh okay hmm. so gotta grind I mean I know nothing about Diablo I played the first one I think oh they're uh they're pretty fun I'm- and I've actually been playing it with controller when I've been lazy they've really mapped the controls quite well so you could even play it on your PlayStation if you get the chance. Well, I would only play it there anyway. So, or get an Xbox, you know, because Microsoft will be buying Activision pretty soon. Um, yeah, I can't afford an Xbox right now. Um, but that's adorable. You thought I could do that. Anyway, what um, that do? No. Um. Anyway, there's that. Okay. Not much. <laughs> yeah, not much. Some know. Diablo. And, uh, Rafa, but do you, would you would you commit any crimes? I don't know. I've heard of a wailing wall, but this is ridiculous. No. Um. Nothing. I haven't been doing anything either, basically. Um, working. No walk-up OT, which is god-awful. Um, which means I have to schedule my OT, which means no thank you. Uh, one of these days I'll do that. And then, um, what's it called? Uh, besides that, really, i just been 
kind of getting uh, what's it called? Uh, been watching stuff uh, shows wise. I've been wrapping up a lot of shows, so I've been watching stuff, just not stuff that I should be doing for the podcast. At least not till end of the year when or the beginning of next year when I do my do our top ten of shows. Then I'll be reckoned with, you know. But until then, until then, I feel like I'm just like I've done nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, I just keep it up with stuff uh, with my son. I just posted a video, by the way. I went to a Cubs game with my kid, and um, where you posted on Facebook, and okay. he was uh, dancing to YMCA. And, uh, that's pretty cool. And then he almost busted shit, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, he manages to successfully outmaneuver that one. Um, that being said, yeah, just try to enjoy the summer, you know, doing summer like activities. So. Dad bought summer. All day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on my end, it's funny that you mentioned about TVs because, uh, or TV shows, because I've been, um, I've been trying to clear a lot of the stuff I've been watching. Um, and I'm talking about last year even like, so it's even worse than you. It might be, it's not even that oh, current. I, I, well, I've been doing some stuff last year as well. Um, so I finished like three or four, I think four shows that I started Damn. but never finished on uh, Amazon Prime because oh, I nice. had like this backlog on there that I hated. <sighs> Besides and, the one show we talked about, what else the other show? Uh, I don't know what you mean. What show? On Amazon Prime? Yeah. From last year? Paper or? Girls? You finished that one? No, no, I did not finish Paper That's still on the list. But I finished the Night Sky one. I finished, uh, um, let's see, I forgot the rest. But I did finish a few. That's no, right. Uh, I haven't even finished The Last of Us yet. Oh wow, that's pretty bad. I know. Yeah, you, know you know. You know. It's, you know. It's even worse. I, don't know I why pre- you it. Anyway. I pre-ordered it the UK version because it got a, has a cool steel book. The UK. Oh, the tele- you mean the show, the show, right? Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know what's worse. In that I don't know either. Yeah, but it's not. It's not good. Um. I st- I did see. I've been watching. Uh, I have been watching some new ones like Jack Ryan. Uh, the last season, um, which I they just started pushing out of nowhere. And um, it really and, did. It's and found, Foundation season two just started, and that's awesome. Did even know it was season one? I, it was my number one a couple of years back. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I still haven't started The Witcher. I still haven't started so many other ones that I want to see. You know, um, that I want to get into. But anyway, but I've been slowly chipping away at that. So I've been watching purposely less movies because I already have a lot anyway. So um, let's get into those now. So let's do some recent discoveries. Luke. All right. Looks like both of us saw this one. Yeah. No hard feelings. Yeah, we did. Well, not together, but yeah. No, no, just fun coincidence. Yeah, with uh, Although you Lawrence. I assume you would have freaked out right next to me in this one scene. Oh, I think I know the, the beach scene. Yeah. Yeah, so no hard feelings. Uh, let's see. On the brink of losing her home, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. Helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of the shell before college. She has one summer to make him a man or die trying. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it is. Uh, not, it's uh, kind of a fucked up premise, actually, when you think about it. Very much. But I, I do believe there are parents out there like that. Sheltering their children from everything and then trying to fix it. Um, you think this is how they would do it? Um, God, I hope not. Right. 
It, it probably is much more um, like... Um, I don't know. I can't even imagine. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Ah. So it was a fun, raunchy, I mean, kind of raunchy, you know, comedy. It was just interesting to see Jennifer Lawrence because I think she's been like on a hiatus for a little. Like she, nothing's really been coming out from her that I can recall. You're right. I don't, I can't recall anything uh, much lately. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's because of that whole leak that happened a couple years back. It was more than a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, but I felt like she did that whole entire beach scene as a kind of way of like, F you, I'm taking it back, kind of. That's what I thought. Okay, so we're going straight to that scene. Okay, uh, yeah, so there's a scene in this movie where, um, no spoilers, of course, but she is completely nude. And it's uh, it's in the context of something funny going on, like she's beating mm-hmm. up teenagers. Um, and obviously, the, the, the it's, a, it's a nighttime scene, so like they hide, you know, the bottom parts for the most part. Um, yeah. So it's like you know within tastes, I guess, and um, and I don't know if it's really her these days. You can never tell these days. It's I don't AI. Know. It's a right. That's what I'm saying. So I can't I can't see for sure, but I think it's a fuck you a nice joke if it's real or if it isn't <laughs> regarding her. Um, what happened with her leaked photo stuff? Um, like more than five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's 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 interesting watching her do that. And uh, again, I don't know. I never read the behind the scenes on this stuff. I feel like um, I I don't know. Feels weird. If it, I mean, she did that movie Red Sparrow. Remember? Oh yeah, that was that was a weird one. And she was uh, also like for the most part pretty naked. Oh, right? was yeah, there's one. I kind of blocked out that movie because it was kind of bad. I know a lot of people hated it, and her Russian accent is pretty bad. I get that, but I, I I found it kind of enjoyable. Um, don't get me wrong; I haven't rewatched it. I'm not gonna, but I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, um, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna buy the special edition steel book of that one. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, and I feel like she that was that was for me that was not for me, but like I at first I thought that that was uh, more of a statement because it was much closer to the event of the leak um, regarding her like. Her willingness to be naked uh, in camera or whatever, which is like not a thing we should care about, honestly. But there you go. Um, so I don't know what to think about it necessarily. It was funny and it was kind of surprisingly funny. I didn't. Yeah, it there were some all. very good moments. Like in, in the context of that scene, that nudity worked. I think um, yeah. the same way it worked for Red Sparrow, but in a different, completely different light. Uh, but besides that, did you like the movie? Yeah, it was fun just to watch and just have a good dumb couple laughs, and that was it. Yeah, I think there's a battle of Ron's comics right now between No Hard Feelings and Joy, Joy Ride. I yeah, honestly, I was surprised. Time and that's kind of rare. Yeah, not many Ron's comedies out there, and they don't come out at the same time, you know. So, um, so that was interesting. I, uh, I'm kind of comparing them a little bit in my head when I watched both. Um, I also liked it. It was fun. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is really goes for the for the for the physical comedy, uh, and some she gets punched in the throat. She gets what? You guys know who? Uh, what? What? Where is this going to be distributed, or who distributed it? Mm. Who distributed the movie? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I could look I it up. Um, but she goes for the physical comedy a lot. I, I would say the movie is um, it's some um, has some weird moments where like they uh, they don't succeed in really making the laugh going. You know, there's a lot of those in the movie where I feel like they're forcing it more uh, than other times. And some of that stuff is kind of 
a little gross. The premise kind of goes gross a few times in the movie, and I found that kind of like weird because uh, this kind of comedy was much more uh, pat or regular um, ten years ago, you know, <laughs> fifteen years ago. Mm. So, um, I guess uh, anything else you want to say, Luke? Um, distributed by Sony Pictures. Okay, if that helps. All right. No, that's it. All right. So that's uh, No Hard Feelings. Yeah. And uh, you have something else, right? Yeah. I went to see uh, Past Lives. I really was. I huh? really want to see this movie. See, yeah, it was only like the last showing, I think. So because I, I tried to see it like the following day. And I was like, oh, shit. Nope. Not available. Got to go see it now. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's like a Korean movie or because it's an American movie. I'm still on the fence because. I, I think, isn't it by A24? I'm not sure if it is. Yeah, it's a twenty-four. So that, so yeah. would that be an American movie? Yeah. Or I just thought they just they just distribute indies or something like that. They they do, I think. But I'm saying uh, they could be made by an American Korean or Korean American. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I mean the director is Korean, I think. So, I mean, there's a movie um, in America where it takes place all in America about this Irish family in 2001, and but it was it's considered to be a foreign movie because it was made by. An Irish production, I think. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Uh, well, Past Lives, it's about... Uh, so, Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrestled apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one faithful week as they confront uh, notions of love and destiny. So, in a nutshell, 12-year-old kids kind of go on a date. They, they like each other. Twelve, But then she has to go to Canada with her parents. Hmm. Um, 12 years later, the advent of Facebook is out there. So she finds him and they reconnect for like a couple weeks. So they start like chatting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of like, hey, you're going to go to China for your career. I just moved to New York for my career. Let's take a year long break from from like talking. That turns into another 12 year break. One's married, one's recently broken up, and they see each other again. And they, this whole thing happens like, what it if... It seems like yeah, before sunrise or something, before sunset. <laughs> right, something like that. Yeah. It was the whole thing of like, what would have happened if we w- would have stayed together or something like that? Then you have like the husband character like kind of freaking out like, he's going to try to steal my girl or what the hell's going on? Very interesting movie. Hmm. Yeah. Is this star? Who? Yeah, who's a star? Oh, uh, who's a star? Sorry, okay. Greta Lee and Tao Yu. Those are like the two big people. Okay, so how was it? I enjoyed it. It was a really good movie. I recommend it. Yeah, I almost uh, picked this movie as well. There was another one where I was picked too, but anyway. Yeah, I really want to see this movie. It's going to be on VOD soon. Yeah, so that's probably going to be your best bet. And like I said, like, like after I think as a Friday, there was only one theater showing it, and it was like far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I've seen a trailer for this movie. Yeah, it does look really interesting. So. Yeah, and then aside from that, the last thing I watched was 2022's Empire of Light by Sam Mendes, which mm-hmm. I've just realized I've pretty much seen all of his movies except for like two. Which two? Uh, which ones were they? Revolutionary Road is the one I'm not sure if I've seen. Mm-hmm. And Away We Go. I think those are also the two I haven't seen of his. 
Or actually, no, no, I'm sorry. I think I saw Revolutionary Road, but I didn't. Uh, Jarhead is the one I didn't see. There we go. A Jarhead, I definitely seen. Yeah, I've seen Jarhead. One day. Well, yeah, it definitely. I don't know. It uses the same cinematographer, but it has that like weird, like that the, the lighting that I think I've always associated with his movies. Really I don't know. What, I'm not sure what you mean there. I don't. He, he, uses, uses, yeah. he has a very every time it's like one of his movies, and I know it. Something about the lighting is always. Uh, Hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I don't know. I either. Am... I'm curious to see what that is um, visually. Oh, it's like a softness to it or something. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, anyways, yeah, yeah. totally did not expect this movie to be what it was. I thought it was going to be kind of like a movie about you know the, the theater or something like that. Mm-hmm. Had no idea it was going to be a romantic drama. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is that. And then all the shit that they brought in with like. Uh, the racism, the political things in like London in like the sixties, I believe it was. All of it, just no clue. The whole mental health aspect, mental illness, yeah, yeah. yeah it was fucking movie was all over the place. Yeah, that was my problem with it. Really? Because I remember you. T- I thought you liked it though. I like part. Yeah, no, I like things about it. Like I think it looked great for sure, yeah. but I didn't give it a high review. Um, oh, I didn't, okay, I didn't praise it that much. Um, yeah, it was, so it, there was definitely a lot. Going on, but that was it. Still I mean, enjoyable. Olivia Coleman's cool to watch always. But yeah, yeah. Don't really remember her from anything. The only one I really She's remember Fleabag was Colin Firth, obviously. She's in Fleabag. She's uh, the queen and the favorite. Remember the favorite? I don't think I've seen that one. Have I? I don't know. You were on the show with us. I'm sure we reviewed it. Um, or at least talked about it. The favorite. Uh, by um that uh, Greek we didn't director. review it, but I know we were talking about. It. You did see it. I missed out on it. Hmm. I know you're, I know the movie you're talking about, though. Yeah. The what's it called? Uh, with the two the princesses, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. Yeah, well, the two. Yeah, whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. I might have missed that one. Check it out on my traveling adventure. Yeah, Oscar really high, high, was recommending it, and I uh, ignored it. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for me, though. Yeah, I don't know. Some sort of sick pride to ignore my recommendations. It's not. It's not that. It's just... I'm kidding. No, it just sounded that way. <laughs> it does sound like it did sound that way. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay. So, uh, Ralph, you said you had nothing, right, unfortunately? Sadly, yeah. Like I said, I've just been watching TV. Um, no movies besides the movies we needed to watch for this episode. Yeah, I get it. So, uh, I saw a movie that came out um, in 2022. Oh, so it was last year. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, so, I uh, like Luke. I saw a movie from last year. Um, I saw the outfit. Anyone heard of this movie? Yes, I have. How was it? I'm nope. So an expert cutter must outweigh a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night. Uh, co-written and directed by Graham Moore. Uh, this is uh, this is like one of those uh, drama. It's not a mob movie, but it really closely is a mob movie. Yeah. Um, called the outfit. Of course, the outfit could mean a lot of things. It's like one of those um multiple meanings because uh, the outfit is another word for organized crime uh, as well as uh, an actual outfit. And this is, and this guy's a tailor, the main guy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so um, uh, that's what a uh, cutter is. Expert cutter. Uh, he Ma- cut Mark Rylance, right? Yeah. Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance is like the, re- it's like, it's funny. I don't know how he got this role to be made, but it is like, uh, because Mark Rylance came on to the movie, to the film scene with um, Bridge of Spies uh-huh. That's what made him huge in a lot of people, and he started making movies after that. He was in that horror movie from last year that I really liked also. 
Um, he does really bizarre movies, but he's always been known as like he's been a, a theater star for the longest time, like most of his life. So like he's not like unfamiliar with working uh, with all these actors and stuff. Um, so uh, the outfit is a great movie. It's a fun. It's not a great movie, but it's a it's a really fun movie. Um, it is a mystery of sorts. It is an outwitting thing. It's kind of fun watching him handle all these situations as people come into his shop throughout uh, throughout the day. Does the whole movie. The, shop the, whole time? the whole movie takes place in one location and in one evening, um, which I found kind of fun. I love when movies try to be like fun that way. Um, and the movie has a lot of actors that you surprise with, and some of you, some of the, you won't you won't recognize. But um, and I guess um, by the time like I think the first half, the getting into it half, is where I was like a little iffy on the movie. But once the movie got going, especially the second half, and when the when the twists are coming in there, and the reveals start coming in here on these history on the, on the people on these people's past and stuff. Uh, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm interested. Um, there is one hurdle that I think everyone has to get through, and that's regarding the dead body that's in the room the whole time. Um, that's like pretty soon in the movie um, that everyone has to kind of sidestep around, or he has to get everyone to sidestep around in the movie so he won't get caught. And this dead body, I feel like kind of forced, the way they kind of did it was kind of forced its way in there, and I didn't really find it believable in the movie. Uh, because the what kind of puts everything in place is at the very end of the movie, and I don't think it quite matches up quite like how they wanted it. But regardless of that, I think it's a really uh, smartly written kind of a you know experimental film um, that takes place in one location, um, not in real time, like they skip time in the movie, but it's almost in real time. It's like basically like that. And um, Mark Ryan's is really good. I mean, it's kind of weird having a an actor who does theater, stage plays, and stuff like that would have a focus on this um, as this, like, mysterious Taylor character, right? Um, but I'm glad he got it, though, because it's kind of a fun having him, like, chew the scenery in this movie. is pretty good. So I do recommend it. I saw this on Prime. I don't know if it's still there, but check it out if it is. I do. I did like it. It's a fun movie. Um, I also saw the new, the brand new Insidious, The Red Door. Has anyone seen the Insidious movies? I'm just curious. Nope. I've seen Probably zero. Not. I've seen zero of these movies, and I don't know why I have not seen any of them. That's so funny because you guys have seen the Conjuring movies, right? Yeah, I've seen. I think all the Conjuring movies. I have I no seen. idea. They all blend together. <laughs> no, they don't. Not they really. do. No, they don't. So evil um, spirits, demonic houses, yeah, girls um, coming out of TVs. It's, it, it all blends in. That's the ring. What are you? What are you that's like 2001. What are you? What are you? Uh, what are you doing? Everyone's just trying to copy the ring. Ringo. Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. Uh, so, um, so I only say because uh, I feel there's a connection between Conjuring movies, right? And for one, James Wan is, is I think, involved in both. He has directed in both of those franchises. Um, they both have Patrick Wilson heavily in that, which is the main actor. And uh, it has like a bunch of things that connect. I think Bloomhouse made both movies, both series. So and they both came out at the same time. So like it makes sense why I was like, oh, I'm surprised you haven't seen you seen one Roth and not the other. Um, so this is the fifth, I think the fifth installment. Um, I did not rewatch them to prepare, but I, I already seen them all, so I kind of knew anyway. Um, so Insidious: The Red Door, um, the Lamberts, 
which is the main family character, like the character of the main family. Uh, the Lamberts must go deeper into the further, the further being capitalized, than ever before to put their demons to rest once and for all. This is directed by Patrick Wilson, who is uh, obviously the star of the movie, as well as Ty Simpkins. Um, yeah, Patrick Wilson getting his directing on. I don't know if it's his first one, but it's the first one I've noticed. And uh, what is this like a horror movie? In a horror movie store, uh, fashion, I would say that in the Insidious franchise, I might put it fourth or fifth place because I think that the Insidious movies, which are movies that I also, for the longest time, Ralph, did not watch. Like, I seen all the Conjuring, was super into those, but, like, I never saw the Insidious, like, as they came out, never cared that much. Yeah, it's one of those franchises that just doesn't look, it didn't look as appealing. Right, but after the third one, I did catch up to all of them. I probably, when the fourth one came out, that's probably when I saw all of them. And uh, and then I saw the fourth one. And I was like, I found them kind of uh, enjoyable, more than enjoyable. They are kind of fun. Um, I think they are kind of smart also, and they have, like, this... uh, this these sets of uh, reveals it's like the the world building i guess of the supernatural that they're making in there the horror of it uh like the way they explain it and the way they manifest it in the movies if i found to be um inventive and kind of like fun to watch and in a different way than uh, most supernatural like what luke was saying like oh the demon possessing thing kind of. right it's way more interesting than those um, all I mean the whole the way the franchise is set up anyway, it's way more interesting than those. And the history they managed to build over these last five movies actually kind of kind of works. Um, I barely remember the fourth one, but uh, the, the, this, this new one starts uh, very similar to how the fourth one ended, I think. And I, I found that like I found the ending of the last one to be interesting in how they went there, and also how this one, because of their events of the fourth one, like it makes sense that how it came up again. Like, there's a big gap of time, uh, both in reality and in the movie, where, like, um, the characters have been forgetful, let's say, because the movie, because uh, of all their shit that they did in the movies, um, they were basically, um, they used hypnosis to forget. Because the... the That's kind of cool. Yeah, basically, yeah. They used the hypnosis to forget um, what happened and how did it happen, too, so it won't happen again. Uh, because they have a natural gift to this to this underworld, essentially. I'm not gonna. I'm not spoiling too much, but it's also the fifth movie installment, um, yeah. and that's when the the movie starts that way. And it's funny watching that coming up again, how it comes up again, how the 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 subconscious and the arts that the kid is doing it uh, brings it up again. This, uh, these memories and these you know these possessions that happen to his father, who is obviously alive and running around. And like it's really, uh, I thought that was that kind of stuff was kind of cool watching it, even in the fifth installment. Even though I haven't seen the movies in a while, um, so I overall enjoyed it. It's not the best, like I said, it might be the fifth place in the series because it does feel like an attacked on movie. It doesn't it's like a, it does have an ending and all that, but it doesn't feel like it feels like they just made another one. Uh, it doesn't feel like they had a story to say. The original trilogy do, does feel like one kind of trilogy, and that's kind of cool. And I think by itself that works better. But uh, these last two movies kind of feel more tacked on. But um, it's still fun to watch. So I do recommend it, but then you'd have to see the rest, guys. But I do recommend the rest also. So that's Insidious, The Red Door, um, on, in theaters right now. And last but not least, I saw Nimona. Anyone heard of it? Negative. All right. Uh, when a knight in a futuristic medieval world is framed for a crime he didn't commit, the only one who can help him prove his innocence is Nimona. 
a mischievous teen who happens to be a shape-shifting creature he's sworn to destroy. Um, directed by a bunch of people. Uh, Robert Baird, Lloyd Taylor, Nick Bruno, Tori something. Uh, Quain, I think. Um, this movie stars uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed are the main two voice actors. This is an animated movie on Netflix right now. This is, uh, it seems like Netflix every year or so has a great, like, little, uh, I don't know where, animated feature um, to highlight their year, I guess, to be to be Pixar, maybe. Um, this year's Red Beast? Yeah, exactly. This year's Red Beast. There is a few things about this movie. I really, really liked it. I really did like it. I, I wouldn't say it's better than the Red Beast. I think the Red Beast has a more coherentness to it. But um, the world building is a lot of fun in this movie. Imagine if Knights of the Round Table... But 2023, or no, actually, more like 3023 because it's like flying stuff. Um, and but imagine that kind of persona, like that kind of like, what would that look like? What would their TV look like and sports look like? You know, and stuff like that. It's kind of fun watching that. It also has a bit of an attack on Titan feel because it's closed off. It's like it's like one city is closed off from the rest of the world because of the monsters outside. Um, so it has a very attack on Titan feel, and. Um, this movie is, uh, I think, has a great message as far as for as a kids movie goes uh, in the messaging. Um, I would say though that I don't know what happened in the in the production of this movie or in the production of of Hollywood right now because Hollywood right now is fucked up right now. But um, oh yeah, they're striking right the same people. All the strikes, yes, all the strikes. Um, but it must have been before that because uh, maybe they ran out of money. I don't know what happened, but uh, there's a few shots in this movie. Not like whole scenes, but like I think shots in this movie where they clearly didn't finish the movie. I think it just patch it in later. No, no, no. It feels like because a lot of the, some of those movies, some of the shots are beautiful and it's like awesome sequency stuff. And then the movie will like, I'm not saying they will go like really bad in, in the quality, but like they'll have a few still frames of transition shots where you could tell the color is like not in yet, you know? And like, I was curious as to what happened to this movie. Um, it seems like it was rushed out the door. Or so like, it wasn't an artistic choice. You then looked yeah, like a budgetary choice, right? It feels like a budgetary choice, like a thing. Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't bode well, of course, for either Netflix or whoever commissioned the movie originally. I mean, I just want to see this movie now, just based on that. Yeah, if I could spot it. Uh, yeah, let's see if you can spot it. Uh, I do. I guess I do recommend it. I think it's a, it a very tender movie. I loved the uh, the characters in the movie. Um, like the movie kind of moves a little too fast, in my in my opinion. There's a few stuff in the movie that isn't well established, but they kind of just run with it in the in the plot of the of the of the characters and trying to get to, to get it across. Um, but once it settles in and stuff, and the potatoes come in, and the the whole uh, thing with the, the him being chased by this, this crime that he didn't commit, which was like out of nowhere, it caught me surprisingly, and that was really cool. That was really cool. So I do recommend it. It was a lot of fun to watch. I almost switched this movie out for this week's review but it was really late in the week and i didn't want like i figured you guys saw all of them already so i didn't want to fuck that up so um check it out it is on netflix it's called nimona n-i-m-o-n-a check it out everyone and that is it for our recent discoveries so we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to review our first film of the evening which is going to be the new mission impossible movie that reckoning i think part one stay with us
Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Short and sweet. So that it's, was Mission Impossible 2. That's all, all Mission Impossible, really. Mission okay. Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, let's see. Uh, co-written by Bruce Geller, Eric Jenders, Jenderson, and Christopher McQuarrie. Also directed by Christopher McQuarrie. These last three of them, three Mission Impossible, have been directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Of course, the the guy, this is this is the guy that um, got his uh, start by uh, writing The Usual Suspects. That's how he got started. Oh, He wrote okay. The Usual Suspects. That's what made him famous. I think he won for Best Screenplay or was at least nominated. And then um, he did The Way of the Gun. And then a couple decades after, he started directing movies, um, including like having a, a long, maybe a long trying Hollywood time of trying to get his own projects going until he hooked up with Tom Cruise. And the rest is history, as they say, right? Because these two have been thick as thieves. Well, is, no, he did Way of the Gun in 2000, and then 12 years later, the yeah, next movie was Jack Reacher with Tom I'm, Cruise. I'm saying that there was a long time of him trying Damn. to probably get his own projects going without success. And then he did Jack Reacher, and I'm saying they hooked up with Tom I said everything. I, 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 I thought, right. like... I said it right. I don't you know just what do whatever the studio wants you to do. Not every time, not all the time. You can... You can um, petition people to give you money to make a project and stuff like that. Mm. How, many ways it works. It works many it, ways. It looks like he took a good, good chunk of time off. He wrote Valkyrie in 2008. Also with Tom Cruise. I know, I know. Some shows. <laughs> yeah. He did The Tourist. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Which he no one liked, by the way. No. I was about to say also, yeah. uh, Jack Reacher, obviously. Uh, Jack, mm-hmm. Jack of the Giant Slayer. So he did two Jacks back to back. Then he wrote Edge of Tomorrow, which is Tom Cruise. And then, uh, the Mummy, Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible. Rogue yeah, I'm telling you, they've been. Yeah, yeah. After, afterwards, I just feel like obviously they just. Is he a Scientologist? Yeah, could be. I mean, uh, he they, might be. I have no idea. Yeah, right, but it, Tom Cruise probably likes him enough to be like, "Hey, let's work together. Let's keep it. Let's keep this going." Yeah, he's probably the director that he's like the the most okay with his stunt stuff. Probably. <laughs> I just want his stunts. Will you let me? Like, yeah, you can, you can kill yourself. I don't care if you uh, die. Are you die. willing? To, are you willing to watch a safety video? Can I have my intern watch it? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, right. Anyway, so that's who made this film, of course. Also starring this movie stars uh, Tom Cruise, of course, Haley Atwell, Ving Rhames. Um, we also have Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Palm Klentiev, uh S.I.E. Morales, which is surprising. Shay Wiggum. Shay Wiggum. I love Shay Wiggum. Um, Henry Zerny or Sherney. Uh, how would you pronounce that, Luke? Can't who? his name. Henry, uh, C-Z-E-R-N-Y. Why? Cherny? Cherny? Oh. I'm asking is, you. Is this supposed to be Polish or something? I don't know. Sounds Polish. There's a lot of C-Z's <laughs> in sounds, there. Sounds anyway. East Block. Yeah. Sounds reads, like, yeah. Reads East Block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll Google him. Yeah. Why don't you do something for one? By the way, he's still a really good Kittredge. <laughs> Solid Kittredge. Solid Kittredging. I mean, it's the only Kittredge he is there has been, but still. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, obviously, the big action spectacle that it is. It's a blockbuster film, the latest one. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, Luke on this one, I think. Oh, boy. So, Luke, um, before you start, just give us a run through, rundown on what you think of the franchise and then tell us what you, your thoughts on this new movie. Oh, let's go. All right. So, <clears throat> franchise-wise, You're aside wrong. from Mission Impossible 1 and 2, I don't remember the plots of any of them. They all blend in. Besides one and two, you're saying? Yeah. 
So one, you had only... the list that they had to get. Second was well, the Chimera virus. It's the knockless. The yes. And then second one was about the Chimera virus. Those are the only two I will ever remember the plots to. So you, is that because you've only oh. seen because you've only seen those movies more, or you've only seen the rest once? I've seen all of them. <laughs> no, 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 but I mean but more than it, once. Yeah, yeah, more than once. You've seen all of the movies more than once. Yes. Oh wow, that's surprising to hear from you. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's surprising in the sense <laughs> that a, I think you're lying. Going. Right. <laughs> I think you're lying. We had a whole Oscar. Me and you had a marathon of them. I'm, I'm sure we did. <laughs> See. I'm just saying, have you only seen one and two the most? Is that what's going on? Like you've only Two's always watched? been the best one, so... That's not what I'm asking. Um, anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, I like this movie just fine. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. I'm really glad that they fixed Rome up for this movie after Fast uh, 10. Oh my and god, I thought, the, I thought the same thing. I was like, did they all film like back to back to back just to like not bother each other? Right? <laughs> I know, but it was, it was a fun movie. The only downfall was for me knowing that it's a part one. Knowing? Yeah. Because I'm just like, well, so what are they going to were surprised that it was a part one that would have worked better for you? I think so. Huh? Because I was just like, okay, I know it's not going to end. There's going to be a part two. I was like, when are they going to cut it finally? When are they going to end it? Hmm. What is going to be like the the cliffhanger that they're going to leave on? So Okay. That's interesting. I mean, that, that could be an interesting um, uh, way to think about it because uh, I feel like many people have different opinions on that, right? Um, I can see people saying the opposite of what you said, right? right? Like being surprised that it's a part one made him hate the movie more, right? Than it is knowing going in, right? Uh, but we, we'll get into the merits of that. But you're saying that uh, that was kind of a bummer for you, right? Because I knew I wasn't going to get like a f- a real solution to the whole. I mean, issue. do you? Wh- why do you watch Mission Impossible movies? Do you go? I mean, do you like because of the way it resolves? I don't think so. Right? Watch it for the. <laughs> I see him for the over the top stunts that Tom Cruise pretty much does himself. Right. Literally so many. And yeah. the birds. Okay. You know, no one guesses, right? You're the only idiot that believes that part two is worthy of anything, right? You know that, right? Yes, I know. Okay, so that joke really goes nowhere. It's okay. Yeah, let it oh, go. And I looked it up. Uh, Henry Cherney does have Polish parents. Uh, but <laughs> uh-huh. his last name means black in several Slavic languages. However, in Polish, it would be, instead of an E, it would be A, Czarne. So for him, it would be Czarne. Okay. So, East Block, yes, but slightly different. Yeah. Different block. I said East Block. No, yeah, he's Polish parents, yes. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Thank you for the correction. Um, So, continue, yes. All right. Um, The best part about this movie is seeing Simon Pegg again. I always like him. I don't think he's doing enough. Yeah. Parker's getting up whatever he wants. Yeah. But man, they uh, are definitely all aging. Not gonna lie. Yeah, well, I mean, he's uh, Tom Cruise is sixty something right now. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> that is fucking nuts. Think about that. Think about it. That's Scientology, man. You you just don't fucking age. Yeah. No, no. He's. I could tell he's aging. But like, it, no, it, is, yeah. it is. He's aging wonderfully, though. That's the thing. He's aging great, yeah. greatly. But even Simon Pegg is like fifty-five or something. Um. All right. Cool. Um. What I think of this movie is that um, 
you know, I'm a big, huge Mission Impossible fan. Huge fucking fan. I love these movies. I, I especially love the late stage of this, like of this, uh, the second half of this franchise um, has gotten way, I don't want to say better, but it has uh, ramped up in different ways. It has uh, solidified in many ways as well. Like you can expect a few things and you're always surprised by them, at least I am, in fun ways. They're always very entertaining. Um, I think at the end of this review, we should probably rank them just for fun. Um, I I think that uh, the Christopher McQuarrie era has been uh, amazing. It's been some of the best movies, um, especially with the particular addition to Rebecca Ferguson's character. Um, I like her buildup in the last three movies um, overall, especially her first movie, which was uh, Rogue Nation. Um, yeah, so I've yeah, been a big fan of these Mission Impossible movies and Tom Cruise's uh, mania to be a stuntman, basically. is, is uh, I, I've always liked it. I'm, I don't have any ill will versus like uh, putting actors in danger if they want to be, you know. Um, like a lot of people have a lot of ickiness to that. I don't have any of that. If he wants to do it and he loves doing it, why wouldn't I watch it, you know? Um, so, that said, I do feel like this latest installment, and not because not because it's a part one, Although there is a huge mistake in the movie that I feel that it comes from being a part one that we'll get into soon. But um, uh, besides that, I think that this movie is not on par to the last like three movies, in my opinion. Like I think it's it kind of like went down in estimation. I think some of the some of the jokey stuff didn't land quite as well as the last few movies. Some of the setups did not quite land either the same way. Um, I feel like some of the stuff was like cut around or maybe forced in a different way. I feel like, I feel like the production and the production for this movie was fucking, you know, everywhere. I don't know if you guys know this. And I think this is an example of like, this is a COVID movie. This movie was supposed to come out two years ago. Remember? Shit, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Damn. Um, and they kept they kept uh, shutting things down and bringing it up again and over and over again over the over the last three years uh, because of COVID. I think, I think it really affected it guys. I think whatever this, all this waiting, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't like it's coherent. The movie is not like incoherent. I'm not saying that the movie, it works. I know what it's doing. It's I'm able to follow it. Thankfully, it's not like that terrible, but I feel like there's something missing there. There's a cohesion or a rhythm that all these other last movies, especially the last three, like I said, have that this new one doesn't have quite as well as those. So I feel like um, it has some of uh, some of those problems still in the movie, unfortunately, with the stitching together. But there are some badass stuff in this movie, regardless. I still think it's a really fun, great blockbuster. Um, I just feel like it hasn't reached the the heights of the last three or four movies. So, which is unfortunate, but that's how I feel about it. Rob, what did you think of the new one and the um, franchise uh, overall? Right. Yes, I um. I overall feel, I think, uh, I like the movie. It was fun. It was actually, there was scene to scene. They kept going. I do, I do agree with you though. There was a, there was like, I felt like the movie took itself a lot, like way more lighthearted. I know there's a lot of like jokes to itself. And I was just like, oh, like, oh, this is still going. Like you're still making fun of yourself. And I felt like it was just like, some of them went a little too long and it was like, okay. Um, I also feel like this is another movie heavily inspired by uh, Uncharted 2 again, but it is what it is. Um, I talk about a train sequence. Yes, literally. Oh, the, yes. Literally the one sequence where they jump 
from one side to the other. Right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, which again is not spoiling much because you can see that about anywhere. And uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, the action is fantastic. The all, the all the rest of it is really good. There's nothing. Nothing I can't complain about the movie on that aspect. Um, I do. I, I like the callbacks to a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, I do feel also like there's something we'll, we'll talk more about the movie later because especially with the introduction of or with um, uh, Isai Morales' character. Mm-hmm. Um, or Isai, sorry. And um, it's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that one. But everything else as, as far as the franchise goes, I did have fun watching the movie. Uh, I, uh, Luke had a perfect thing because I, I talked to him about way to invite me to the movie. And he's like, that's okay, you'll enjoy a massage when you go watch the movie. And, yeah, I, and I, Dolby. I, and Dolby, which I totally did watch it in Dolby. And I was like, wow, this is like, even with Leo, because I took Leo to watch the movie, and Leo was like, oh my god, like this thing is shaking. Like, <laughs> that was really crazy. But as far as the, um, as far as the what's it called goes, the... Uh, the franchise overall, um, I love one. One is always like going to be one of my favorites, uh, just because it is a spy movie. You know, it's like hard spy, right? As far as the rest of the movies, I, I, I'm kind of on the same uh, side as uh, Luke, um, where they kind of do blend together. I do like, um, I do like Ghost Protocol, and like go kind of Ghost Protocol and on, right? Um, and uh, I just feel like some stuff between. Three and four, three, four, and up to five, I guess, is like there's just a lot of blending of like what happened here. This, what was the, what was the main thing here? I remember certain scenes, I remember certain things, and there's always some good stuff going on. But yeah, it does feel just like okay, we're doing it all over again, um, hmm. in a weird way. But yeah. uh, and I just, it does feel weird because uh, maybe it is, maybe it was the COVID part. Uh, there are some scenes where I'm just like, oh, we move forward from here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, but besides that, and we'll talk about the villain, the main villain in this movie, because I think there's something to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But besides that, I did have fun with the movie. Um, knowing it's a part one, I wanted to see where it was going to end in this thing about Luke complaining about that. Um, I wanted to see where it was going to end. I like actually how it ends, um, me personally. Yeah. And uh, the setup. I actually would rather know also. This way, I don't get like. I don't know. I could go either way, though. I feel like in this case, I would rather know. I would hate myself if I went into this movie going like, "Oh, it's not wrapping up." I feel like I'm I'm in the same boat in that in that regard. Like I, I feel like I rather going into a movie, I would rather know that yeah. it's a part one to something. Um, I mean, that's not true historically speaking, but in this case, I am. Even yeah. like, yeah. I don't know why it works for me better now because I remember I didn't like it as much when I fe- when I discovered that Fast X, for example, is a part one. Um, there's a lot of trends. Guys, with these blockbusters, yeah. not just the part one stuff. I mean, we're getting Dune two, yeah, Dune yep. part two, right? Dune-ing. which yep. is a part two of a part one, and then uh, we have this one in Fast X, I, like I, I said, I, and then we have the Spider Man, which is a part one, also. I, right. I honestly like, feel they're not um, they're not afraid anymore, considering we're willing to binge watch miniseries and TV shows in one city. But, but also, cities. like, it is interesting getting them all in one summer, in one season. You know, we're getting them all. Yeah, it's like two a month now. Almost. I know. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a rhythm to it now. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I, I've noticed other things. Like you might have mentioned jokingly that uh, Rome seems to be like constantly 
film the the, the the traffic must be epic because of all these fil- uh, production companies filming their movies there because we have fast acts yep. we have mission impossible we have uh there's another one um what am i thinking john wick the john wick of course uh john wick also another big rome thing with the turnabout and the stairs yeah. like uh, i swear to god same stair shot i, I, I swear to god what, I the same shot. I know, yeah, yeah. What, what luke you know. said like i'm glad they fixed it from fast x <laughs> i thought something so similar i was like huh i wonder if it's gonna destroy it yeah well, well shit they have to go back to repair this bitch i wonder <laughs> if uh Rome had like very loose COVID restrictions. They're like, you know what? We're just gonna make this movie in Rome now. Yeah, right. They, they had something. Well, Rome was the place to be. They get hit really hard in COVID to begin with. So we were like, oh, that's right. The yeah, whole country got, got it. Italy, the whole Italy, the whole country got it. So fuck yeah. it, we're good. Like we yeah. built up ahead of it. So they were just able to. Like, all the places were already cleared out because everyone died. <laughs> I know, I'm morbid. Yeah. No, you're um, sick. Is what you're I, yeah, I don't know. Also, did I say I don't know if I like the humor too much? I did, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does something. So I joke like with this... the Fiat Five Hundred. That wasn't as bad. It was more like the fact that it was making fun of itself in moments. So um, and it felt I, very I more like loose compared to the other ones. That's this all. this movie these movies have there's been a progression of of cartoonishness going on. Since, yes, since Ghost Protocol. Yeah, less I mean, and less than like the Fast franchise, but yes. Uh, well, I think the Fast franchise was always like that, and they ramped it up a lot more, and so right, it's much it's more of a, it's much more of an expectation. The the Mission Impossible movies has been maybe a little more subtle, but I don't want to say that subtle either because I think they've all the last four have been like nearly cartoonish. There's been there's been this like physical comedy aspects to these movies, and I do think that in this one, maybe because of the 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 weird rhythm of the COVIDness and all this stuff, has uh. Has led it to it has make it seem more more pronounced this time. I can't say for sure, but it is pretty cartoony. Some of the shit um, from the epic sequences that they do to like uh, the stuff that goes on with the mass stuff and and so many other things and so many scenes. Um, yeah, so it isn't it isn't it is definitely more pronounced. I feel it feels more pronounced this one. Uh, which is uh, can be a turnoff. I can see that, but I also have been seeing it coming, so so it's, I've been okay with it. Um, what was I going to say to that? I was say something else. I also mm. feel like the movie should be called Act One or something like that instead of Part One. Part One feels late. Hmm. I don't know. I guess doesn't feel. Uh, I guess I, I can't. Doesn't matter to me. I guess. Um. So one thing I want to talk about is so many things. Like one is the. Uh, I want to talk about the opening of this movie. Uh, the opening of this movie gives you basically it has like three openings, really. Um, yeah. The first opening is uh, is basically a, a history lesson, I guess, so to speak, that introduces the bad, the main bad guy, which is uh, which is interesting because this movie does uh, something which is a good natural progression to all of the villains that Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt has had to face. I do think this is a natural, awesome progression of villains. Yeah. And in this case, it's an AI Russian what uh, technology thing, right? It's uh, in a nuclear sub somewhere. And uh, the introduction is that is of this machine taking like taking over, right, uh, against the human his human counterparts, and like destroying the the submachine. Oh, the submarine. Sorry. And. Um, <clears throat> And being able to strand itself 
but being able to like get away from the humanity while he going while he goes crazy in havoc. Like, uh, what do you guys think of this villain? And then based on this opening, like, what do you guys think of the opening and the entity itself? I don't know. It feels weird to have an AI as a villain. I mean, we've seen it before. But like the way it is, it's very timely, I think, because AI is doing all the things now. Right. Like art and move and like everything. So, well, the reason I think it's a good progression from for Ethan Hunt or for this franchise is because the last three to four villains um, have been like obviously humans. They've been all humans, but like they've been cold calculating people that yes, he has to really, outmaneuver and outwit they really have and yeah. i feel like this is the ultimate version of that right yeah actually i said that to danny when we left the theater yeah. but <laughs> yeah. but as long as you have the key it's like oh i can if i have this whatever key i can rewrite the source code or whatever and mm. make it not it's like okay that's yeah i think it's a shutdown thing that they can do too yeah but i, I don't know what it really means yet well we're getting ahead of ourselves with that right now because it's a stone spoiler speed. so i mean that's one of the villains in a nutshell, right? Yeah, no, well, well, that second villain we'll get into later because I think he's, soon, he's really introduced way later. But, like, I just want to mention because in the opening, they introduced this notion of an, an AI machine, essentially, uh, which turns out to be the villain. And after that, we get, like, another introduction with, what is it, with Kittrich and the, and the American spy president, whatever the fuck he is. And... Um, and obviously, we He's get the uh, what's it called? The not the HS, the the head of the uh, intelligence, NSA? intelligence, yeah, NSA, yeah. CIA, probably CIA. CIA. CIA is not Kittredge. Hmm. No, Kittredge is the new IMF one. Is, oh, is CIA also? Right? He's CIA because CIA runs IMF. Uh, I can't keep remember. We talked about that before, and the other anyway. and the other one with uh, what's his name? Uh, fuck, who was in charge of the CIA? Alec who wanted Baldwin? to shut him down? Who wanted? To, yeah, Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, who died in the last movie? Um, Spoilers. Okay. In the last movie. So, um, so we have that intro, and then we get the sand action scene and the the sandstorm one, right? And yes. uh, I forget where they were, but somewhere in in Europe or I don't know where. In, that was in the Middle, Middle East. East, or I said or Middle East. Um, so we get the, and then the movie actually kind of starts with the opening and stuff like that. What do you guys think of this opening? Because I found it to be kind of like too much. And more than too much, I feel like the movie gave away too much in the opening. Um, I'm talking about the submarine flashback sequence. It's not a flashback because it opens with it, but you know what I mean. Like, um, I feel like, and we'll get into it in spoilers more, but like, I feel like that opening would have served better at the end of the movie. Or at the end, or towards like the middle, like them explaining it. Maybe that, maybe towards the middle or something. But I think at the end, would Mm -hmm. set up part two better. You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like that's what it would have done if they waited till then. Um, But we'll get into that more later. But I feel like this opening was right away like different than all the other openings because in the past few movies they opened with the big Tom Cruise stunt sequence. Remember? Yeah. And the last few, anyway. And I'm not saying he doesn't... He does more than one. But there's always, like, a highlighted 
crazy thing that he does, and it's almost always been in the opening. Like he he grabs on a plane, right? He's holding off a plane, and one of them, or in the other one, he's jumping off this thing or whatever, climbing um, that cliff. I don't even know if that was a stunt sequence in Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I just don't know, and that's not in the opening. I mean, it is in the beginning, but it's not the opening. Yeah. So you're wrong there, Chief. I thought you knew this movie. I thought you were a fan. I guess not. Um, so anyway, so I had like a, a mixed feelings on the opening of this movie because I feel like it should have just started with the sand stuff. I don't know why it did all this stuff. Um, to begin, I feel like they had a rough time of getting this composition together of this movie. But regardless, uh, this is a fight for a key, right? And um, it's a MacGuffin. The whole movie is after a MacGuffin, like the Chimera virus, like, you know, or like uh, the the rabbit's foot, right? In the third one. Like, Mission Impossible has a lot of fucking, you know, what a gimmick or whatever, or uh, uh, object that they have to chase after. What do you just think of the new one, of the key? I think it's a red herring for part two. I don't know if it's a red herring. My thing is that... Uh, we're not in spoiler territory, right? Are we? Or... No, nah, but we can be soon. I mean, it's basically, it's like the whole thing... The, the, there's two halves of this key, right? Mm-hmm. And split into, you know, you got to get both of them. My problem is, if no one really knew about this fucking Russian sub, aside from the Russian military, so after it went down and the keys, you know, submerged very nicely on the people, wouldn't the Russian military be the only people to know, like, hey, uh, the key's there, so wh- how did it get split? That's what I want to know. Well, it was already split. Right, but two people had it. Both died on the same sub. So, both and the only blo- people that up. knew about it was the Russian military. Yep. How did the keys get split? Well, this is what happens when a submarine or any kind of thing explodes. It leaves a mark that it exploded. Like, hey, shit just happened here. And that's probably what happened. And because there's consistency, like, we're always looking in areas to see if there's anything going on. And they were like, why is there a blip here that happened, or why is there something bullshit that happened? They uh, should have just told us that. I thought that, I thought that was implied. No, I needed to know. Um, especially because it was in the winter too. I'm asking so. about the MacGuffin. What did you think of the key? First of all, secondly, you're going to spoilers. We're going to get into that soon. Uh, I, I do want to talk about this, Luke. But give me a second. The key is nice. It's very elaborate. I don't. I don't know how it works though. I mean, you saw it work in the opening. Yeah, but how does two keys make the little lights on it go off? There's, I don't see a battery. I don't see a USB port to charge it. I did, I did have these problems, too. Like, <laughs> I think you're limited by <laughs> the futuristic live. aspect of this movie. They have an I, AI that's taking over the world through the internet. That yeah. doesn't make two keys, you know, turn pretty little I, lights on without I, a power source. I think it is a very, very, very little simple. We can make a potato work on a light bulb. I mean, do you not see this? <laughs> Right. Well, it's um, not a potato. It's a metal key. You don't know what kind of metal alloy it has. You don't know what kind of chips it has in the inside. You don't know anything. Saying you don't know. Um, I didn't see a wireless dock for it. Anyway, I, th- I thought it was going to have a cool MacGuffin. I like it. You're a MacGuffin. Your mom is a MacGuffin. Uh, okay. Um, I guess we want to really get into it. So let's get into spoilers for this movie just to start it. So spoilers for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Starting now. Okay, so um, 
Okay, let's just talk uh, freely. Doesn't matter, really. But um, going to what Luke was saying, I uh, I kind of agree. Like, I don't know how the key, the both halves of the keys got separated from the dead bodies that were carrying around after, right? That that went up right. the, to the surface of the ice there. I don't know how it went from there to black market deals. I don't know how it went from there to the rest of the world. Like, I don't know how it got there. Uh, and, um, and then everybody knows about it, even though it's super secret. Um, no, I mean, it's super secret to a point. Like, nobody knows where. Okay. I, I think I know why. I think I know how. Oh, okay. No, I said I would have pressed the button if I did anything. Yeah, I think did. I know how. Um, is uh, it, the AI. The AI did all this. He got the key separated. So whoever got it, got it. And he managed to get, the AI managed to get the key separated. So he literally initiated this whole thing. Well, that, okay. So I was going to get to that. So, like, why have this is kind of the question because i feel like i i feel like you're exposing yourself a lot by putting these keys out in the world right it alerts alerts people to your existence right it does so many things that could be problematic um for for the for for the for the entity right and I guess I mean I mean I can't wait to see if part two does really well explain this. It could very well as a great explanation and stuff like that. It could work out for me, but I guess we just don't know enough. But it does feel like um, it does feel like a misstep, you know, because it's looking for the keys now. It's looking for the keys, but also like it's trying to eliminate potential threats, right? And is using the keys or the purchasing or the collection of these keys as a way to get these people together so you can kill them. I can't understand that, Rob, but I feel like it's still too much because I think it, it's also the but, movie shows that it's afraid of Ethan Hunt. Yeah. I think it's also I think it's also using it as a distraction to Ethan Hunt to not get to potentially either stop it in a different way. Which is the whole point is like if I can just do I even need the key the whole thing there, according to them, right? According mm. to this, this this thing is, they need to get the original code, source code, yeah. Yeah. right? To whatever, like. So you don't think just, that's true he, anymore? He can't just blow up into it, get into it with explosions mm-hmm. where this thing is, right? Like, what does he need the key for that? Is it just to access the actual code itself? Because it just looked like two keys to get to this thing, like, just to be able to access it, right? Okay, so like, what's we're already in the thing. It's different if you're trying to hide into, like, when uh, the submarine's, like, active. Oh, I it's see not what you're saying. So you're just getting there. So I think it's like, I see this, what whole, you're saying. this whole key thing, I think, is just, like, a red herring. Oh, you get red herring. As in, like, I'm using you to distract you so you don't get to me while in the process I do what I have to do. Well, to first of all, I don't think that's what a red herring is. I think that's what you confused me because red herring means it's useless. It's not. It's, it's, um, I think it is useless. The keys are useless. No, no, it's not useless. I think it no. very well, I think it could very well control, uh, the source code thing, whatever it is. I think it very well does that. I think it's been established by the, by the, by the opening of the movie and by the fact that the CIA intelligence guy, that guy, the guy that Isai Morales kills in that train. Um, because he knew about it too. Um, I think it's. I think that's foretells. But I think the reason, um, that I can see why the entity would want the key out there and, and bringing all this havoc is to bring all this havoc to separate everyone, especially from like the, the 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 driven motivation guys like Ethan Hunt, to be like, 
uh, to be chased after the intelligence community because they all want to control the entity, but he knows, it knows, that Ethan Hunt would want to destroy it. So, like, like the only person would wa- who would want to destroy it, right? Right. They're one of the very few capable people in the world that would want to destroy it. I think yeah. that's really no, cool. And I, and I agree with 100%. But for me, in my, my opinion, I honestly think the keys are useless. Okay. Well, no, I, I mean, we'll right. see. That's, that's why I see it as a red herring. That's yeah, what yeah. I see. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get where you're, where you're coming from. That. I, I don't think it is. I, I think it could be useful, useless to Ethan Hunt because all he wants to do is destroy and, it. And that, that's what but it everyone is. else is useful. If sure. Everyone else, I would control the again, right, right, right. But for Ethan, it is useless. That's that's who's important here, right? We don't care about anybody else. But it, but it's useful in the sense like it's useless only in the sense that like he doesn't want to control it. It's useful to keep it so the world doesn't get it for themselves. So sure, it's yeah. useful to grab. So, yeah, away. I get it. No, I get yeah. I get it in that aspect. But if yeah. Ethan can, if he sidestep that, like, well, why don't we just stop this thing and we know how to stop it? Let's just stop it. Like, yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How do you stop it without the key? I think you blow it up, probably. I, 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 know, yeah. Yeah, like, I think you could blow no, it up. No, because if it's an AI, it's, it's, it's in that... all these computers and all these things. I mean, they have to oh, go right. I mean, I don't analog. Know. No, 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 no. He, it, this is just to be able to get to the, like, the, the real thing is you have to get to the this, this box, this lockbox or whatever, right? Yeah. To be able to grab this source code and then just be able to access the source code and get into it to stop it. Like, if the key is the only thing to get into the source code or whatever... That like you you still have to go get it like he still has to go get this this thing or stop this thing or whatever hmm. that that according to whatever they're saying yeah my my thought process is that I think we we should get definitely more in the second one yeah I know but we'll get more into it. Yeah, yeah which could be for a long time by the way they 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 just, they're still that. shooting it right now. And, no, they stopped shooting it because of the strike. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know where it has it affected, but they started. They started principal photography a bit ago, but I don't know when that's gonna stop. I don't know how long, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's already bad that Stranger Things got pushed for what twenty twenty seven. Really Are you serious? Twenty five, maybe twenty five. Holy shit! Jesus, twenty five. I think. Um, that's a long time. That's a long time. Hell of a or long part time. two of a season of these kids already way too old. By the way, right. <sighs> I'm just saying that show is not going to end well. These kids are going to have kids. They they could, and one of them. It's going to be like off the rack's good, yeah. Anyway, we're, season two. We're off topic here. Yeah. Um, so okay, uh, that aside, because I feel like we just don't know enough on some of this stuff. But I found it, I found it, I did find it interesting slash fascinating that uh, um, that the key, uh, how the key, how the key was manipulating all these things, and the key, I mean. It's not unusual for these movies to have Ethan Hunt being chased by his own organization, his own country. That happens all the time in his movies. It's like the fourth time in in a, in a movie in a series of seven, you know. So, like, I get that. That's easy. But like, uh, I like the I like the 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 build up to it, the the how it how it all works out for him. Yeah. And I like how Kittredge is like a bastard. <laughs> he's like he's like not quite villain, but not a good guy either. He is like okay. a bastard. So you know, how, did you, how did you feel about that? Because I feel like I like Kitrich's return. He's, he eats up scenery yeah. like really well. He really does. I I think his timing's still perfect, by the way. Yeah, it's the, still solid. I, I, it's really Never. good. Yeah, I, I I told Danny right away. I was like, he's such a good Kitrich, <laughs> even though it's the same actor. It's just like he's you know, still he's still he's that asshole patriot. we know. He's still he's that asshole. Bastard patriot. He does everything for his country, but he's such a bastard about it. Like yeah. he really. Really would kill Ethan Hunt and everyone around them, right? If it gets the best interest of America going, well, yeah, what he is about. And I, I feel like also the beginning of the movie sets up like kind of not that it's going to be funny, but like things about like 
making fun of itself, right? Hmm. Which is like even the beginning when he says um, the mission, right? When this guy is dropping off the uh, should you choose to accept it, right? Yeah, and all that stuff. The whole yeah. that whole scene is funny. Like he he welcomes the guy, the courier, right? Welcome to IMF and stuff like that. Uh, we're welcome to the good side or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but even the the mission, he's like, "Don't go rogue." I know you go rogue. <laughs> like, I'll kill you. And I'm like, okay, like that starts it off literally right there. You're like, yeah. okay, and yeah. then it's like later on in the movie. And I got a little bit too much for me. And when I got too much, because I think I was over it, is when the scene when uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh my god, why can't I think of his name? Um, when uh, Simon Pegg's character, mm-hmm. he uh, he he's just like. Just, just keep going. Like it's that way, you're going the right way. You know, on the motorcycle, it's just like yeah, you're going the right way. He thinks Ethan can do anything he wants. That's like, also a progression of the movies. It is a progression of the movies. Like it's in funny. the last movie, he's like, oh, when is they show him some some impossible thing that yeah. he has to do, like no one can do this. I'm like, oh, that's easy. He could do it. And Tom Cruise is looking at him like, don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Put a lot of pressure on him. And, and, it, and it is a progression of the movies, but it's just like. It is. It is. I, I just. Like, I feel like it was too many times where he was just like, no, no, yeah, like you're you're doing yeah, this. Yeah, I, I think that train sequence it, we can get into it more because I feel like there's a lot of weirdness going on there. Yes, I, yeah. I'm, and that's one of them. You're right, Rob. I did. I, I agree with you on that. Um, it does feel like this. So, like um, from what I hear, from what little I know of the of the making of these movies, is that they kind of tend to make um, design. An elaborate, awesome action sequence, and they build a story around it. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's how they've been doing it for the last three movies, and it has really worked for them. Fallout and Rogue Nation are—I don't know about you guys—it's fucking badass movies. It works for that what, movie. What? What? What yeah. were the big stunts in those? Yeah, I mean the fucking gigantic helicopter on the cliff scene at the end of uh, Fallout. Mm. We, uh, that's your problem that you forgot, but they're amazing. <laughs> it's elaborate as shit. I don't know what you're saying. There's a Halo jump in as well. Yeah. There's uh, that's that's just the last one. In Rogue Nation, we have the awesome opera scene, which is like the killer of the kill of the kill of the kill. Like all those uh, assassins targeting in one in one place. That was badass. Um, that's a lot of great scenes. I don't know what you, I don't know what you're crazy about. Um, uh, anyway. And I think that this one, um, it shows its bones a little bit more, more. Like I think, again, maybe because of COVID, I don't know why, but I feel like those, it's a more of a mistake in this movie where they kind of set around the, the action sequences. Because the train sequence, I remember that uh, Luther was sent away. Remember, he's like, I'm going to, I need some time to hunker down and fight this fucking AI, right? Yeah. And he just leaves. He fucks off the movie. Yep. And it seems clear to me that they built, they made the action sequence without Luther and they had to like explain away why he wouldn't be around because I, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be there for this part of the mission, a crucial part, which is the ending of part one. Um, you know? So like, I feel like they had to walk themselves out of that, you know? And it, I feel like that was clearer, less subtle of a thing to notice this time around in this movie than in the previous ones. So I want to mention that for sure. Um, but and, that, and that also goes along with what you were saying, Ralph, about like Simon Pegg just interjecting here and there. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, going higher and higher as the movie co- cuts back and forth between the train and, and his motorcycling. Um, yeah. Cool jump, Although, though. Cool I, jump. Yeah, really cool jump, yeah. Although I do do like the fact that and with, I like the villain because it is almost a perfect villain, especially progression-wise, right? Yeah, yeah. But right. cool, it's, exactly. it's great because of the fact that it's he's stopping his exits at all moments. He's stopping – they all, like, although the AI or the villain, I say he, but whatever. But the villain is – 
is stopping Ethan Hunt's like next move. Yeah, you're. You I know when you use the Simon Pegg's voice. Is that one? The Simon Pegg voice. That's perfect, right? Yeah. Um, the Simon Pegg voice. The uh, the way to stop the train. The the, hmm. the you know what's it called? Uh, knowing yeah. that he's gonna do everything in his power to do all these things. Knowing that Ethan Hunt's gonna do the he's this is his next progression. Right. That's how he's gonna think. Right. So I have to already disable these things. Right. And it is almost like that overlooked feature that every other villain has had, even though like perfect villains, you know. But you, you're never perfect because humans are perfect, right? Right. But it is one of those things where, like, he's always outthought. He's always outmaneuvered them. Don't get me wrong. He, the, the villain, the AI knew, well, you can detach cars and all these things. But it's how long of a time do you have, the time frame and all these things. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah there's, I, there's some cool stuff that feels like, I feel like e- yeah. e- Ethan is, is for sure uh, against the wall a lot. Uh, more than normal, not just like literally, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like the movie does do a lot of like, it has a lot of reveals, uh, little reveals and bigger reveals. I feel like some of them work, some of them did in this movie. For example, like one that did work a lot was like when they're in that meeting in that club, I think in Rome, and uh, and it reveals that the entity has been all around them, has been yeah. in the meeting kind of thing. I, like, that was I cool. Thought that, I thought that, that was, was cool. the entity at first when they walked in. I thought it was like I go. Oh, it kind of looks like like uh, like AI. Like uh, when you do that, before, yeah, uh, yeah. Like oh, I'm gonna put my phone up to the yes, to the you know to 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 see if it's calibrating or whatever yeah. bullshit. And I was like, it kind of looks like that. And I was like, maybe it's the AI. And I didn't even think twice about it. And then when I said it, I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, I fucking pushed that thought away. But yeah. yeah. Uh, that that was cool as well as like you know um, driving time Cruise away from the canals or wherever the alleys and shit when he was running. That was a really cool scene. Also, that's a was well, a really cool like part to like force his hand, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, at the same time, it's a really cool scene. Really, really tight scene. And I think it also shows like a lot of stuff that honestly, I, I feel like Tom Cruise is a big cinema guy too, right? Um, he's a big like just. Yeah. Yeah. movies and stuff like that and uh as well as uh i don't know how the, the our director is or anything but there's influences like oh i like this from this and i wouldn't be surprised if he's like we should try to have a scene of like to do this yeah like a really close action scene like i love it watching it in old boy or whatever <laughs> you know or whatever the case is mm-hmm. and you're like let's try to do something similar let's try to do something like this and i wouldn't be surprised because he does a lot of that stuff um, yeah but at the same time um you know other reveals didn't work as well uh, like um, or other setups for the for the AI, it feels like it's all powerful, but it's like all powerful when it's useful to the script. Also, kind of feels like some of those times, is like I feel like ah, oh, I don't know, it feels like the AI could be involved in this too, but looks like it's conveniently not, or it's conveniently here when it shouldn't be. Things like that. There's some of that. I mean, I like the the attention they put to detail to the intelligence apparatus. Uh, using typewriters and shit, <laughs> like going analog. Like CRT cool. TVs. Yeah, yeah, they're going right, analog, yeah. right? That was cool. I like that. That was cool. Um, but some of like, the one reveal that didn't work, for example, is uh, how that, not the S.I.U. Morales uh, character, but his, like, his chick uh, villain, you know? I forget her name. Sorry. Um, uh, the one that ends up, be- because Paris. because Luke Paris, Paris, yes. Yes, Paris. like, uh, the AI for seeing her betrayal because he, because Tom Cruise didn't kill her with a, with a pipe earlier in Rome, um, foresaw her betrayal, even though she hadn't done anything, was about to be on his side the whole time, yeah, and yeah. just, but and then tries to kill her like out of the blue, right? Yeah, like that was that was not a good reveal in my opinion. I feel yeah, like that I, was I kind of forced in there, and that did not work really well. Yeah, I, agree. I get what the movie's trying to do and say, because 
Tom Cruise does recruit people because he doesn't kill them. That does happen. I'm just saying, like, I feel like it knows a little too clear. It knows his movies too much for its own good. I feel like the AI, you know? That's what it's Well, maybe, maybe it just watched a bunch of movies. Yeah, but it's just right. like... Not like Red Case Files in the movie of the the, the world of the movie, but it's not right. the movies themselves. Yeah, um, I feel like that was a little too little too clean, a little too touchy. Um, um, and uh, one thing I did not like about this movie, I don't know what you help me. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but Rebecca Ferguson's character's death. First of all, the fact that she, that they feel like that she had to die, I did not really agree with that. And the way she died was also kind of like not really realistic. What do you guys think? I mean, who knows how to fight like that with a, with a cane sword? I mean, it feels like she has a sword. She should win, first of all. And I know you forget all the movies because for some reason, look, you don't like good movies. Um, but, like, she's a fucking badass in the last three movies, the last two movies. She's Probably. a legit, like, Tom Cruise-level badass in the, in the world of Mission Impossible. Yeah, but I guess this guy was just slightly better. Yeah, based on nothing, we know nothing. Yeah, so that is, like that, that, based on that, you know, he killed what's his face, uh, Ethan Hunt's wife back in the day, right? We don't know that. We don't know if it's a wife. It's just a girl. I thought that was his wife or something. No, no, we don't know that. Well, I mean, we don't. I don't think he said that. I could have sworn that it was his wife. Also, like, why does it always have to be when we introduce a character from a past? It's always, oh, it's the past you haven't seen. Yeah, what? And that's another problem I have with the movie. You have seven movies. You have six movies to mine. Thank you. We have. You brought Kittredge back. Why not bring someone from the first movie? Right. I just like. Oh Oh, my my god, God. that was annoying. It was so annoying. Don't get me wrong. I say Morales is badass in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but but it's like. Who is he? And I was like, wait, are they? Is that they made up possible that. one? I see. Is movie. that a remade no. scene? I was like, why did they just? Why did they just show what they've had? And like, I don't understand, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, this is a different scene. I go, why is this so much like Mission Impossible One? Yeah. Like, and I was just like, wait, what? And then I'm like, okay, am I lost? Did I miss something? You know, the other movies. And it's you like, know, I saw no, this is how what made me. And I was like, oh, well, I saw I, I saw this thing on Twitter where they were saying like they should have brought in Tandy <laughs> Newton. To be the thief in this movie, to have a great callback to part two. Who? Sandy Newton. Oh, I thought you liked Hold this on. movie. Didn't you say part two is your favorite? Yeah, movie? yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. The main actress in that movie. Oh, what was what's the, her name? The thief, the one who stole the like, mm-hmm. camera vice in her. Jesus. Uh, like, why not have her be the thief in this movie and not Haley Atwell? And that would have yeah. been cool. Well, obviously, maybe then didn't want to do it. That's also a possibility. But like, I'm just saying that would have been cool as hell. And like, yeah, that would have been cool. A cool callback, bringing 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 in these all characters from the from the '90s movies, because they already have Kittredge. And again, I'm I don't understand why they wouldn't mind something from the actual movies as opposed to. I mean, Fast X did it better. They mined from the old movies. They did it better. Like, yeah. you know, it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It has it. It, it pays off dividends for and all. The, and all we get to see, Luke, is that he shot someone that Tom Cruise cared about. That doesn't mean that she was also a badass. Could mean anything? I could have sworn they mentioned that I'm it was. His that wife. doesn't doesn't mean that it qualifies him to be able to kill Rebecca Ferris's character. I'm saying that doesn't explain right. that. Um, and that was kind of an unbelievable fight scene for me. Like I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it either. Like it was a little too neat and a little too road. And I'm not saying that she is there for real. This could all be a fake out. That would be awesome if it if it turns out to be. But from what I understand is that I think they killed off Rebecca Ferguson's character. Yeah. Is my understanding because she's hopping right now. She's on everything right now. So like, 
Yeah. It's possible that she was only there for a little bit. In the I'll tell me why. It also took me a little bit to realize Haley Atwell. I was like, where's she from? Who she is, yeah. Uh, she was a little camouflage to me. Well, it was. It was a little camouflage to me. I Like, the first couple scenes, I was like, where's she from? I go, I mean, she's hot. But I was like, but, like, where's she from? And I was like, I just, like, I've seen her in something. I just can't remember what. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking like, about one of the biggest movies like, of the... Of the of right. Right. And then I was like, oh, that's right. Captain America squeeze. I was like, yeah. She was in the final yeah. shot of Avengers Endgame. Right. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that's right. I totally forgot. I go, well, she's supposed to spy. I go, she did a good job. She fooled me. <laughs> Damn good spy. Right. Damn yeah. good shield agent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, so uh, what, what was your favorite action set pieces, guys? Do you have any favorites? Um, I'll start with my least favorite. Is uh, that scene where they're fighting in that small ass tight corridor? I think they wanted like to have a fun like, oh, how can Ethan Hunt fight these two people in this very narrow yeah. hallway? I think that probably didn't work out as well. I, as I liked it. I liked cool. it. Cool idea. <laughs> I, think. I liked it, but I also what I what I liked most about it is that he was really trying to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like that was, was that was cool. Was, that was that was my favorite part that he was trying, and so he had to finally. Beat the shit out of them to point killing them or whatever, right? Yeah, or up to one of them. them. Yeah, um, and it's like he just tried to escape. Like I gotta get to this thing. I gotta get to this thing. That was cool. And then the fight was was okay. Uh, like my personal favorite. I mean, the train is pretty awesome. Uh, I think to certain parts, but I think uh, and I love the airport thing. The airport thing isn't an action sequence per se. It's really just time yeah. cruise running. That's all. I like, love the the back and forth of it. Like I that's love also the very now you see me. I felt very now you see me also. Yeah, I guess so. Yes, yeah. I can see that. Uh, I, mean, I don't remember time much of it. Played card tricks. When's the last time he played his sleight of hand? Uh, in like, the first one. In the heavily. first movie. That's the first movie, right? The That's first it. movie. Yeah, when he's like the disc. Well, with the, yeah, with the disc. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you the mean floppy disc, yeah. that was a cool callback because he could do that because we know he can do that. Yeah, the compact. Disc. It was a was yeah. It wasn't a floppy. Yeah, it was a disc. Um, that was a cool scene. I really, my, I think my favorite might be the Fiat. Uh, <laughs> the, the I love that a lot. High tech Fiat. The high tech Fiat, the five hundred horsepower Fiat, yeah, yeah. Well, um, and then like again, the 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 scene I hated that the part I hated about that it was the the impotent the impotence part where he's like, you know, it's okay, you know, it's small, but you you can't handle it, you know, this little thing, and she's making fun of. No, 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 I understand, I understand. Like, yeah, that was like okay, guys, like you guys are having a too much. Like, let's figure this shit out, you know, like yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought that was okay, but um, I don't know. I didn't love the joke or anything, but I thought it was okay. Um. I don't know. I just thought the whole woman driver being horrible was kind of like, ooh, cliche. Oh, I don't think so. Extremely nervous about it, too. Like, she, that, that, they played that off. I was like, I think they played I'm, it off really well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I hey, know. I don't drive professionally. I don't, I don't do this for a living. She's right? like, I'm not a stunt I, driver. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm, not, I'm not anything. Like, see, I love that this. because it has a good mechanics like she in it. barely drive. The mechanics in it is that, well, I think that the, well, the horsepower in that thing is, hum- I don't think I could drive it. That thing was going crazy. Remember, she's trying to run away from the. From the truck, and she kept like going in circles. She couldn't control it. Yeah, that was great, and I loved how the they kept switching places, and they were tied. They were handcuffed opposite. Yeah, on the wrist. That was like yeah. added so much fun, yeah. uh, like action elements to the mo- to the scene that I really liked it. I I, I thought it was great. Um, personally, um, I, I that was like my favorite scene. My favorite like like um, you know, uh, well thought out and you know, kind of like choreographed thing going on there. I really liked it a lot. Um, followed by the train sequence and the airport sequence, so probably the top three, in my opinion, um, which is great because they kind of nail the 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 
like the beginning, the end, and the middle of the movie for me. So I, I think the movie is, I mean, the movie is an overall success. I just wish it was better than, than uh, some of these problems it had along the way. Yeah. And, but uh, then again, I, I like little small scenes, like when they're explaining, even the scene when they're walking away, like we're going analog. And you yeah. literally see an, a fucking hangar full of people writing down yeah. everything, like just typing yeah. it. Like we got to get this. Like old done. school, like yeah, like, for very old school. You're like, holy shit! Like how many answers they just hire? <laughs> yeah, people, you have to ask them, what's your words per minute? You know, now you have to know that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what's your transcribing powers? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really love that. Uh, like I said, and um, the 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 Uncharted sequence. I thought yeah. that was fun with the piano and uh, the last saving of it, of course. Uh, barely making from car to car. That was cool. I thought that was, yeah. again, it was also kind of a physical comedy bit with that kitchen train car scene and, and so many yeah. other scenes like that. So that was interesting. Uh, Isai Morales, I, did, I guess I, we don't, I don't like personally his history with Ethan Hunt. I don't like that at all. But yeah. him being a diehard for the AI, for the entity, what do you guys believe in that? Like, uh, do you guys buy that as a villain? Because you can't have a villain be the AI. You have to have a person that's badass. That's why they have the Isai Morales. But, like, did you buy his motivation? I mean, what little we know? I like that he's a die. He's, like, all in. Like, he has to be all in. Like a zealot. Or else it, or else it doesn't work. Convert. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just so want to know. I, I like that aspect of it, for sure. What's mm-hmm. he been doing all these years? Well, yeah, apparently he's always a ghost. And then we know very little about him. It sucks that we don't know much about him. Again, if he was mine from the actual movies, we would know more. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll know more in the next one. I can't say. Yeah. Maybe it's a fault of the movie. Um, I would have loved it a lot better if we got that submarine flashback, like, very soon after um, very soon after Paris tells Ethan Hunt about the submarine, right? Can you yeah. imagine? That would have been way much better, right, if we get that history then. I think that would have that really nailed a good part, the end of part one, and set up for part two. I, I my opinion, again. But, like, I, I just, you know, I feel like that beginning was really misplaced. Um. Yeah. Anything else in the movie, guys? You want to talk about? Uh, I actually like the scene where she explains why he like, or kind of like his persona, like who who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you're with us, I'm with I'm I'm on your side at all times. Like, you're never not. Yeah, gonna be. like That's I will always I would always choose my life over yours. Oh, right. or your or life, your over, life mine. over mine. Sorry, I meant to say the that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, it's, and it's a. It's, he's like, well, why? He's like, well. Like, like, yeah, that's that's. He doesn't say we're family, but he's basically saying we're family. But he said he's like, if you're willing to join us here and you're willing to do all this work with us, then you're everything to me. Like, you're everything to, yeah, so integral to us. Like, how would I not? How could I not do the least of my? The least I could do is put everything on my end, right? Yeah. So that's really cool. Really cool because that's very much a progression of everything he's done in the uh, movies. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of uh, 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 um, a little divergent, but uh, a lot of uh, train action sequences this year in blockbusters. We have this one, Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, was, I think there was there one in fact. I was missing a uh, red light, green light in this movie. I was mm. missing uh, him, no uh, him holding on to the with the with the suction cups, right? Mm. So oh, move around. Um, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. right. Um, well, but you know, he's 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 skilled already. He's practiced. He's like fuck. Well, you know, I've been I've been in faster trains before. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. That is a, a callback to the train thing, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think that's it for our review of Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. We overall enjoyed it. You look? Did you? Would you say you overall enjoyed it? I'm not sure what you think. Yes. Okay. Good. 
And I think I might actually remember the plot to this one. I don't think so. I think you said that last time too, and you're not gonna get it. So <laughs> I do think you said that last time. That sounds familiar, right? <laughs> but since I know this is a part one, I know what it's a part one too. Yeah. Will you? Right. Just yeah. think. Uh, it's a week, it's some weak sauce. Just, just think of Hunter Red October, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna review uh, a raunchy comedy. Basically, gonna we're gonna review Joyride. Stay with us. Joyride follows four Chinese-American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. This is Joyride, as I said, directed by Adele Lin and uh, written by Adele Lin as well as, uh, as, well as uh, Teresa Sao and Cherry... Oh, my God, this name. <laughs> Cherry Chivaprat-Dumrang. Yep, nailed it. Um, sorry. Totally that, nailed uh, it. That, that name really took me for. Uh, I, not <laughs> I was like, is he gonna pronounce that name? I, I'm gonna always try at least a little. I mean, Cherry I don't, C. <laughs> CC. CC. Let's call her CC. Oh, that old CC. Um, <laughs> this movie stars uh, a bunch of people. Of course, it stars uh, uh, Debbie Fan. Uh, wait, the, the names on these are way off. Hold on, hold on. I want to get the girls first, but the the names on here are not in order. Ashley Park. Uh, who was the other one? Sherry Cola. Sherry Cola. Uh, yeah, you're right. Sherry Cola. Um, the fuck about lying to you? <laughs> no, it's, Ash- it's, it's the name Park, is Sherry the name Cola. is funny. Yeah, who yeah. who oh, plays? Yeah. Uh, come on, who plays? Um, she's not even on here, dude. Who? I can't even see her. Where is she? What? Why is this cast so? Why don't they put the top four at the top fucking four? I don't understand. Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Sue, and Sabrina Wu. Stephanie Sue, yeah. Um, yes. Thank you, but it's not in, it's not in a good order, though. So you got to go on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That sucks, though. Um, this movie also has Kenneth Liu, Annie Mumulo, David Denham, Denman, maybe. Um, there's a kid versions of people, too, in this movie. Um, okay. This is, uh, um, I almost called it an action movie. It's not an action movie. It, it does, parts of it does feel like that, though. Um, this is a, a comedy, a raunch comedy, road trip, friendship movie. This is, uh, this is what we get from making movies like Itumata Tamien. We get movies like this as well. Um, oh, my God. I just bought that on iTunes. Uh, oh, really? Hmm, that's good. I've never seen it. Yeah, you have. No. I've shown it to everyone. Back no, there. you've showed me the very ending of the movie. That's and I've and I I've, I've managed no I've managed to forget it. I managed to forget the ending, so I, like, I can finally watch this movie now. They speak Spanish the whole time. The whole time. Oh man, is there subtitles? Obviously, obviously. <laughs> Hieroglyphs. It is Shadalasta. Okay. Um. Anyway, we're skewing away from it. So okay. I think on this one, we're going to start with Roth. Roth, what did you think of Joy Luck? Joy- I must say Joy Luck Club. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I, I was going to start this movie review by Sister saying like, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to start off by saying like, this is the spiritual sequel to Joy Luck Club. It's Joyride. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I don't think it is. What did you think of Joyride? Um, it is one of those movies that sadly the trailer ruins a lot of good stuff. Um, so it, for me, some of the stuff just doesn't land. Some of the stuff is really great. There's a, one of my favorite scenes is the part that's not ruined at all um, in the movie. Uh, overall, like, 
I think it also has a problem with it balances uh, what it wants to do. It wants to be funny at all times, but then it's like, oh, we're going to have a really hard to heart right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and then it just like goes from one to the other and like without like uh, in between or anything. Very, very few in betweens. Um, but overall, some of the stuff was funny. I had fun watching it. There was funny moments. I took my wife to see it. She was interested to see this movie. Um, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything crazy, like, unique about this movie, um, sadly. But besides that, it's uh, some good references, uh, some funny moments. But again, it's one of those movies where just, for me, it just felt a little short because it was a trailer ruining, ruining movies, which is why I hate watching trailers. Okay. Um, Luke, what did you think? I thought it was a funny uh, road trip type of movie. Very lewd, very crude. It had its moments. I do agree with Ralph where some of the best scenes were spoiled in the trailer, but some of them added on to it. You saw like a snippet of it and then it took it a little step further. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree with so. that more, I would say. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it was a fun movie about, you know, uh, discovering yourself and things like that and friendship and all that corny stuff. Corny stuff. Now, do you guys find that to be like in the way of a raunchy comedy? Like, does that stuff feel like it's in the way of itself? Like, when it tries to be... Not when it tries to be. When it's wanting to be. Uh, um, you know, uh, a story, motivations, character... You know, um, empathy, and it has like a a heart to it of uh, some kind. Like, do you guys find that to be like, uh, like incongruence or something? Like, like that doesn't fit well with uh, a raunch comedy kind of movie. Mm. I felt like it kind of neat. <sighs> if you didn't have it, all you would have is essentially dick and fart jokes, right? Well, in this case, not in this sense, and fart but jokes, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> So you needed something, something else. And I guess they went with that whole, you know, discovering yourself type of thing. Because in a way, all four of them, in a way, discovered themselves in different aspects, acceptance of who they are. Partly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I only ask because, like, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think there is like a, a weird contrast when I'm watching these kind of movies. I, I'm talking about from anything. From bridesmaids to and all the stuff from the eighties, although some of that stuff really didn't outgrow itself and had very little heart to it, um, but I think uh, this one is almost equal, almost ba- almost like a balance between them. Like uh, I feel like this, especially in the second half um, of the movie, uh, I, I did I did like I did like Joyride. I did laugh a lot many times, a few times in the movie, and um, watching it in theaters. But um, I wish I had a bigger crowd. Um, but I did not, unfortunately. But besides that, I, I, I found uh, the story to be um, not exactly not new. It's not trying to rewrite anything. I don't think it's trying to be anything uh, 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 like particular about you know something. Like I think the its its jokes run as 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 funny as they try to make the the empathy and the story of uh, the main character specifically of her journey of like finding her birth mother of like dealing with 
not, not not just that, but finding her birth mother, but dealing with her ancestry as a Chinese person, but like never actually raised as one. She was raised. Right. She's adopted child, of course, raised by an American family. Um, a super white American. Super family. white. Like she was like, <laughs> when they ask her, like, name all the characters in succession, she just starts naming them all. <laughs> that was really funny to me. Um, this eat, pray, love kind of white that she is, you know. Um, Live, laugh, love. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Like it made me think. Uh, made me think of my own kind of thing because I was I'm very similar, just different ways entirely. Obviously, very different but similar. Like the bones are similar. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I I can I can get with that with the movie and with some of the other characters, particularly um, cats. I really like cat stuff. Um, who is the the K-pop one? What's her name? Uh, Sabrina Wu. No, Dead no, no, no. Dead Eye. Thank you, Dead Eye. Um, uh, I pre- I think that I was was my like um, my low key favorite in the movie. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I think it blends up really well. Um, for a raunchy comedy, I think it's. I mean, obviously, the America doesn't see it that way. The box office numbers doesn't see it that way. The reviews probably don't see it that way either. But I find this very on par with the quality and the same quality uh, as a comedy as Bridesmaids was for me. As far as like, and not just because, I mean, they're both similar only in the sense that they're both starring uh, a cast of all women, of course. But uh, that one isn't a road trip movie, but I think they both have very similar outlets as far as friendship goes and how they talk to each other and stuff like that. It's really fun. And because sure. uh, in both movies, they both have like new friends to each other as well yeah. as like old buddies, right? In different sure. aspects. Like, that has very similar vibes. And I think, uh, I think it does just as good as that, personally. Um, uh, what do you think of the performances? What do you think is a standout, or what do you think? Uh, how did uh, the comedy work for you guys? Anything like that? Anywhere you guys want to start? Do we recognize all these actors? Anybody mm-hmm. recognize them? except for Stephanie Sue? We we all know from everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, right. Uh, besides her, I know that for sure we know her. But do we recognize anybody else from any of the movies? Are these all newbies for everybody? I think they're newbies for me, but uh, I haven't checked their IMDb. I, I want to say I know the parents from something else. Oh, think... the parents have definitely been around, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, know for so sure little... the dad, I know the dad for sure. He was in the office. He plays one of the guys. But um... Ronnie Chang, I remember him. Um, well, I, I recognize uh, Ashley Park. Um, yeah, where is she from? I, she she's from familiar? Beef. She's from Beef. That's how oh, I know I her from this year. Wa- I just started watching that. She's like a, a side character, though. She's not at all the main character. Ali yeah. Wong is the main actress. There, yeah, but, yeah like, I know Ali Wong. I don't. But uh, her, she's in the. She's a. She's a. She's a character. A side character. Yeah. Um, he's in, she's in like five of the episodes, I think. But well, I mean, later on when they meet somebody, I know that character. I mean, Audrey's also from Emily in Paris. But I've never seen that, so yeah. I can't say for sure. Um, I know the Cole, boss. Though, I know. I know nothing about her. I don't. I don't know anything about Sherry Cole either. But I, I, I liked her. I liked her character. Um, She's like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a good. Oh, she's in so many things, actually. She's in Turning Red, which I guess I would have uh, recognized, but I don't remember. The voice is different than seeing her. Actually, there is um, the trailer for when I saw uh, Past Lives. There's a movie coming out with, uh, what's her face? I uh, just had the Sherry Cola called Shortcomings that it looked really interesting. So that's something I'm going to keep on the radar. Okay. But, uh, I'm going through all the discography, I mean, filmography. I don't see anything. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are new to us, so it's just yeah. yeah. fine. It works well. Works well. I mean, that's every movie. Now, um, Luke, since you and I both saw No Hard Feelings, what do you guys think of the Battle of the Rancho Comedies? Like, which is uh, which you feel is better for you? Which you like? <sighs> I don't know. Like, you know, I do. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> In terms of raunchiness, Joyride have definitely had way more raunchiness. That follow-up scene is fantastic. We'll talk about more about that later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, the, the, the sheer amount of like sexual well things. shit that they say. There's a legit awesome like threesome in this movie. Yeah. A lot of sexy. Well, that's, my favorite scene. that's my favorite scene. Of the, uh, that's like my favorite part. That's also my favorite part of the movie too. Yes. So yeah, uh, there's a pussy reveal in the movie. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely this movie. Way, way more on here. I think that makes no hard feelings tame in comparison. But I feel like the 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 core motivation, the core plot of no hard feelings, I think is uh, harder. It goes harder because it's just one person as opposed to like four people's motivations and they travel around the world. This is like no hard feelings takes place in one small town, a beach town. Um, so I guess there's huge differences, and I overall agree. I think that. The, the, the plot and the script is tighter on No Hard Feelings. Again, probably because of the way it works out, right? The, the plot and the way it's written. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's tighter. And I think this one's uh, Joyride's a lot more looser and for both for both good and bad ways. Like, I, I think that's what leads to some of the some of the stilted comedy. There's some stilted comedy in this movie where the actors look like they're, they're forcing the joke in as opposed to having come out naturally. You know, and I'm talking about some of the sex jokes, especially in the beginning of the oh, movie. Oh, I'm talking about, like... A condom full of cocaine coming out naturally. No, no, no. That's pretty much the same unnatural thing every everywhere you go. Okay. Um, but I think that scene in general, like that was that joke was kind of like kind of forced in there, in my opinion. Like the way that works, like they're getting into the setup is that they're all in this train uh, trying to get to find this girl's mother, right? Yeah, uh, birth mom, and. Um, and they're going through all these train cars, and they're letting the one white, the whitest of them, kind of mm-hmm. pick. I don't know why, but she kind of like starts picking and like go and judging all these other cars and the people inside them, who are all native Chinese people. Um, and she picks the one car with the American white girl tourist in it. Yeah, who's not a tourist, I guess maybe, but like um, goes in there, and that's what leads to the the whole drug scene, which is yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean that in itself is funny, but like I, I like the setup felt a little too, a little pushed in, a little too much in my opinion. Like I don't think that would really fly the way it would, you know, the way it did. Um, anyway, just just like one of those examples, for example. Um, I do think we kind of um, should we get to sp- yeah we should get to spoilers right? Spoilers. Yeah, with a comedy like this, it's yeah, it's the jokes that make the movie. Yeah, okay, so we're going to get to spoilers early on here, starting for, with Joey Rice starting right now. Okay, so what do you want to get into Luke first? Because it seems like you have something in mind. No, I really don't. Is... Well, pick something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's call a setup. Or a tea. Uh, ooh, tea. I like tea. Can you pick something? <laughs> uh, okay. What did you think about the the, the quote unquote twist where ends up that <clears throat> she is not actually Chinese? I loved it. Me yeah, too. me too. Interesting, right? And I, if you look I, into the actor's uh, background, she is Korean. Yeah, mm. which I, is funny. Of course, what, what I love about it is that 
the moment everybody else found out she was Chinese, she wasn't Chinese, she was Korean, they were like, "Oh man, you're no longer cute." You're Take off that Korean. dress. Yeah. Take off that. And, and it was like, <laughs> like we're 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 all like only like our own people in a weird way, right? And it's almost the same, right? Um, it was kind of funny though. That was yeah. That was a good. That was a good little reveal. Uh, it went from her her pretty round face to her. Now that's why she has a round face. That makes sense. right. Yeah. <laughs> Things, things of that nature. You know? Now, I mean, I think uh, there's a meta joke to it in the sense like, you know, for the longest time and still to this day, I'm sure in some productions is that, but obviously less so now, but overall, um, it's, uh, it's common for uh, one Asian actor to portray, to portray, to be in a role where they're portraying a different nationality than they are. Yes. Right. right? Very common. Um, and to us I, round eyes, we don't see a difference. Well, I was going to say, like, can you... Well, I didn't see the difference. I, I looked it up after, right, to see if this actress was actually... And it was kind of funny that she was... She's actually Korean, you know, the actress. So, like, I found that funny because uh, it, it it drives... It's part of the plot of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Her nationality, in reality, is the part of the plot of the movie. Yeah. Which I figure that only people from China and or Korea would notice the difference. Right, mm-hmm. they could tell the difference, and I, I'm, I'm I kind of, I kind of wonder how many people in in the audiences uh, saw that coming a mile away from the opening of the movie, right? Um, and that's funny to me as a meta joke. And uh, I figure you could, I mean, you could do the same for other nationalities as well. You can do it with South Americans, for example. And yeah. honestly, I would fail at some of those differences personally. <laughs> I would 100. Not all of them. Some of them I could tell very clearly, but not not everyone. No, yeah, I would have failed 100. percent Especially those like like the difference between Argentinian and Chilean, I have no idea. Sure, but uh, Argentinian and you know Guatemala probably. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'd have a hard time with like Belize and the Dominican Republic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's some of that stuff is not not easy. Um, Luke's looking at us like, yeah, sure. If you say so. Yeah, you Eastern Bloc whites, you can tell the difference between right. You we guys, can't, right? I can't tell anybody different. I they're can't. All, they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. good selling. <laughs> that's um, I thought that was great. That was a really good reveal. It's probably my favorite reveal. Not my favorite scene, but my favorite reveal of the whole thing. That was kind of Yeah. Funny. Because yeah, I was I like, like the whole time I'm like I'm like I find this I find this whole plot kind of dumb to like you know what? like yeah. the whole time. It was I, a good way it ended, but the whole driving force to get her birth mother for yeah. this meeting for this job that she eventually lost anyway. Um was dumb as a dumb premise. Like, yeah. how do you convince a stranger to just go? Like, I don't see. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. It just felt it, it felt forced. It felt like, if they found her fast and the movie was trying to convince her to do it, that's yeah. a different story. But that's right. not what the movie was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. It felt forced, but I I do think the payout for finding the yeah finding her eventually at the end, um, and the the husband or the the. That was that was a that was a good payout scene. Actually, that, uh, what's that his name? Out, Daniel Day Kim. Yeah, yeah. Who's been yeah. in everything, right? And lost. Which, right? But no, he's just a known actor. Um, I've been seeing him in Angel too. He was an angel. See what I mean? Everything. Anyways, um, so I think I think that paid out scene. I think that scene worked really well. And getting that video to see the mom and to see all these things, you know, mm-hmm. and her speaking English to her. Even yeah, though, that was a good video. That was that was, that that was a, a really hard moment. And that was that was that was that movie that part played out, and you're like, oh wow, it's almost as if like it paid out enough for the movie for mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, it was just like. Okay, and it paid out for the end, of course, of like kind of we're all growing, we fucked up, yeah, we're all you know doing this life lessons and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, which is cool, right? That that paid out and it worked well for me. Um, at least it did for me. I don't know about you guys if it felt too much, too forced or too much. 
No, that wasn't forced for me. I really, I mean, it almost made me want to cry. That yeah. was a good scene. Yeah, yeah, me too. I agree, 100%. And, uh, but, but there was other parts where just like, eh, I was just like, it did feel like, just like, like we didn't try hard enough. Or we didn't just like, that's good enough. It felt yeah. like, that's good enough. And you're just like, okay. Um, but yeah, the one the reveal that I like that the one, the one joke that landed really well from the trailer was that that K-pop scene because of the reveal. <laughs> you know what the the tattoo reveal? Yeah, 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 the tattoo yeah. reveal because that's hilarious. And then in, like the aftermath of just like you're that just was not a little tattoo. No, that it was, wasn't. <laughs> it was not a little. That must have hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> hurt so much. Yeah. And it just so she's like it went it's, it went through like it was just so funny like everything. <laughs> Everything about yeah. that was really good. That was yeah, that had a two step reveal when you see when you see part of the inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I'm like, bro. And just like the, the right aftermath now. too, like everyone's like looking at her, everyone wants to have stuff, you know, talk to her and... not only that, but it's filmed and the whole world knows. Like Yeah, the whole world, yeah. She's an actress and all that. Right. Right, because she's known. <laughs> so that was funny. That was really funny. Um yeah. overall. But my favorite scene I think is we me and you talked about Oscar, which was uh when they have the when she has a threesome, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's my favorite. She dominates those guys, she, right? Exactly, yeah. It and, it's, and it's that reversal role thing, you know, that like every guy gets to do these crazy things or whatever. And you've seen that happen so many times before, but seeing her version of it and like getting these guys concussed at the end, like, they, like yeah, like all the these girls coming these, down, like you guys fucked up my best players. Yeah, these three, these three girls did so much damage to all these fucking really too, but these three yeah. girls did so much damage to yeah. these guys. It's so funny these basketball players. Um, yeah, and that was a really cool ending. They're like all very prim and proper at the end. Like good, good use of a theragun. Yeah, right. They're because they're all yeah. fucking happy. They all got they all came all everywhere. Yeah, yeah, really good use of a theragun. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you use it, Roth? Come on, tell me the truth. Kind of know you have. Now it. we know why he owns one. Well, well <laughs> yeah, uh, battery set. But yeah, was... yeah, um, yeah. No, that really worked for me a lot. Uh, I think uh, you know. I think there is a. I think there's a there's a good reason. Maybe there's a good reason. I I don't want to say for sure because Hollywood does repeat itself a lot, and what works works, and what doesn't doesn't. But like, I think when it comes to um, raunch comedies like this is that they all kind of like I feel like no matter how good the jokes land I think it's all about the jokes landing and the rhythm and the charisma of the characters between each other that's yes. like really what they have to nail um, and whatever that turns out to be is the only unique aspect of these kind of movies because it's all very formulaic like I saw the third act you know them fighting about it uh, there's always a reveal of some kind that we don't yeah. expect Oh, not that we don't expect that change in the outcome of what their original plan was. Oh, that always happens, you know. And I feel like there's got to be some something where this formula has got to change because it's been the same for 40 years. And I feel like um, I don't know what that will be, but this movie is not one of them because it, it's very formulaic. Yeah. Um, again, there's a problem in, in, in making these. Like, I picked this movie review because I want I want to see this movie and I want to pick something new, and that's really all I went with. Like, I didn't go too deep into whatever. I just wanted to have a fun movie to review, but um, it's hard to uh, really give it a lot uh, uh, a lot of like it doesn't have a lot of staying power because like it's so easy to see, um, easy to see where it's gonna go. Uh, even though, like, some of those images for sure are going to be in there for a long time because that's engraved <laughs> like a tattoo. Same. I will never unsee that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
What do you think of the the outcomes of all the characters? Now we talked about one of them already, kind of. It's a nice um, little Hollywood, I think. Very much so. Yeah, I didn't like. Uh, I didn't love uh, cats uh, particularly. I kind of, I kind of would have seen it more of a mature aspect if they talked it out and they separated ways, kind of thing, you know. Than the, the the active boyfriend deciding to like no be all into it, you know. Yeah, that's all. That's the Hollywood I think part, right? Yeah, I didn't really buy that so much. Yeah. It's for the you know the sequel. You know they're probably gonna make the potential sequel. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I mean, would you see these characters uh, get together again? I mean, at the end of the movie, they kind of get together for this thing they do every year, right? Where they get together mm-hmm. to go to. They went to Paris at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, would you guys see a comedy another one like this? Like if they do another year where they go to somewhere else? Hmm. Possibly. Maybe they're gonna. I mean, franchises like this do exist. They're, they're not. They're not super common these days. But yeah. they do kind of exist. They do, you know, that does they happen. National Lampoon's, you know, things like that, right? Uh, they do exist. And th- that isn't a raunchy comedy necessarily, but it is something like that. Uh, I don't know. I think I would see it again. It depends on the on where they're going to go. It depends what the... <laughs> yeah, that's heavily... Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'd have to see, wait and see on it, I guess is my point. Um, yeah. And I also agree with you guys overall that the trailers did ruin some shit for sure. But also, like how mm, I want that one's a little harder to buy against. Like I don't know how you're gonna sell it anyway. <laughs> you know how you're gonna sell. I, I think for these type of movies, you never do a trailer. You do a teaser. Just trailer shouldn't exist for these movies. It's just I, a short mm, teaser, something enough of a bite, no, and that's it. Because they want numbers, and I don't think that'll bring them numbers. You know, I know. unfortunately, I, that's just how I feel. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I think uh, it's just. Undo trailers anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Trailers are the best part of the movie going experience. They're really, they're really no, not. I'm no, there for the movie, not for the no, trailers. No, they're not. No, they're not. How else are you going to know what to watch after the movie? Um, anything else you guys want to talk about in this movie? Uh, I don't have a, a whole lot, but there's always like, like tons of jokes for sure. But um, what do you think of uh, Sherry Cola as a friend? Lolo, sorry. Uh, we talked about it much, is why I said um, the sex crazed friend. Um, is she she's like the stiffler, maybe? If you yeah, want to call, she just the American Pie route here. Yeah, she feels like your uh, your typical artist friend that you're. Helping. I mean, I love that opening of the movie where they're like little girls and she just yes, punches that. That was actually really good. Yeah, that was yeah. good. That like, was good. can we be best friends? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. That is true. Um, but yeah, it just felt like that typical kind of thing also. Um, at least they like made her give her reasons as to why she does what she does, like artistic wise. Yeah. Which is cool. At least they explain stuff like that. I always like explanations of things instead of just leaving them be like, well, it is because that's why it is. And you're like, well, it doesn't add anything to the character. So, okay. But it does just, uh, giving her that reason. What do you think of her art? Uh, Very, um, I would have, I mean, I would. I would go on a on a live on a live version of that playground. That oh, the, which, the playground, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would hit it up. Right, yeah. I like how the child, I like how it's the childhood playground. Just read that. <laughs> no, I mean that could never exist in this country. I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, and it's just indoors somewhere like that. The, the kids cannot go in. It's the only way it works. Right. Oh, it's an optical illusion. The closer you get, is when you realize. Right. 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 Um, it seems like, I don't know, do you guys want to talk about anything else? Any other aspects? Of the movie? I really don't have much to say. Um, yeah, it's just okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't like amazing, but I thought it was pretty good. I, I did have fun with it. It kept me going a lot longer than other movies have. Like I said, the second half, I think it works. 
better uh, because of the first half had some issues like we talked about regarding the, the job stuff, the, the motivations of the trip didn't really work out, but it, it ended up in a good place. So, like, uh, I yes. always think that a better that, movie, that, well, the second true. half being a better one, the first half is better rather than the other way around. So, um, yeah. Uh, Luke, you were saying? Sorry. If it's ever, like, on HBO, yeah. I think this is a perfect HBO kind of movie. Actually. Right. Yeah. Just I, watch it there. I, I think the relationship between the two, uh, between Cherry Colo and, uh, oh, what's her name? Debbie, right? Fan? Yeah. Uh, those two was probably my favorite overall. They're the ones I think pushing the movie forward more than the other. No, more than the other two. Mm-hmm. Even though it, I know it revolves around uh, Ashley Park. Yeah, but she is. Uh, she's just okay compared to the other two. <laughs> I just love yeah. that eye. Yeah, uh, that eye's cool. But total background, total not background card, but total like side character. Yeah, probably the fourth fiddle in it. Has it, has, it has has her moments for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, um, oh, by the way, does anyone know enough about K-pop to see if that felt genuine to anyone? I, I have know. no idea. Pop, I mean, the closest the, one. The, the, oh, yeah, the mob and stuff did. <laughs> Them doing the stuff did, but mm. like, I don't know. That's, you don't know. Beyond I, that? I don't. I don't really know more than that. That's what I know. I'm a very. Pa- I'm a very like very touristy when it comes to K-pop. I know very little. I I just found it funny though. They, they went to K-pop when she's obviously a star, and you could have just used this her star power to try to get through security or something. Yeah, but maybe she's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if she's that big of a star. I guess, but maybe not in the way that right. we're going. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that's it for Joyride. So short and sweet review on that one. Uh, we're gonna take a last break here. When we come back, we're gonna review the 30th anniversary of Tombstone. Stay with us. Mm, pizza. A successful lawman's plans to retire anonymously in Tombstone, Arizona, are disrupted by the kind of outlaws he was famous for eliminating. This is the 1993 epic action starring film uh, Tombstone. Uh, written. Okay, so this is interesting. So it's written by Kevin Jarry. Or Jarry? I'm going to call it Jarry. Um, and it's directed technically in the, in the original billing for it. By uh, George P. Cosmatos, but it's also kind of directed by two other people. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, anyway, this movie stars man, uh, so many fucking stars, so many old Wider. and upcoming stars at the of the era. Of course, we yeah, have Kurt Russell, White Herb, Doc Holliday, Virgil Herb, Morgan Herb, all the herbs, all the herbs. Anyway, Wait, wasn't Kurt Kevin Costner? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesus, I'm ta- I'm doing the fucking thing. I'm gonna interrupt you next time. Okay. Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, Sam fucking Elliott, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, of course, uh, from from the great '90s movies. Charlton Heston is in this for a minute. Jason Priestley is in this movie for some reason. Stephen Lang, John Tenney, Thomas Hayden Church before I even knew who he was. Dana Delaney, um, Lisa Collins also pretty good, pretty high in there. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see who there's a Michael, uh, Michael Rooker. Rooker is in this movie. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, uh, there was another one. There's so many, but uh, we'll stop there for now. Um, what were you saying, Luke? I said a lot of things. Okay. Don't. Oh no, uh, Kevin Costner because he did a Wyatt Earp movie hmm. that supposedly sucked. No one likes it. Yeah. No yeah. one likes it. Uh, so uh, this is the movie that uh, shouldn't have been. But the movie that could and did. Man, this fucking this rewatch still felt still felt good. 
So yeah, it seems to me like uh, Ralph and I have uh, always seen, has always known about this movie. We've seen it. I think I saw this, it. In this is a dad movie. This is our like our dad. Our dad likes this type of movie. Yeah, he even joined us for he, our rewatch. And you know, you know, it's a, it's a, his type of movie when he joins us to sit down. Doesn't even say shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watched it. That's not bad. That's exactly how that's what it's like. Um, you know, this um, this movie could be adequately said that uh, it was probably made because of the success of Unforgiven, which came out only a couple years before. So it makes it like uh, you know when uh, when Hollywood has a, a hit like that, especially if it's a genre specific hit. A lot of movies tend to be greenlit that weren't going to be greenlit before. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Tombstone was more than likely one of those. Can that be traced for sure? No, but it's a good chance that that's why that's how this movie came to be. Um, I have a couple things about this movie. For one, is that um, this is years a, old. It's a, it's a great it's a great uh, pick for a twin films marathon because a year after. Uh, I'll double. Can someone double check for me on that? While I talk about it, uh, I think a year or so after, White Earp, another biopic of the same with the same character. Six months. Six months after. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. I looked it up. Um, so that does qualify for a twin films for sure. Anyway, uh, White Earp came out with Kevin Costner, which is a uh, uh, what like a three hour epic movie, kind of like his uh, Dances with Wolves kind of thing. A huge long movie epic about White Earp, and he plays the main character, and is much more focused. On Wyatt Earp. This one is still... Tombstone is very much focused on Wyatt Earp. He's the main character for sure. But there are other characters that uh, gives off uh, from some screen time to as well. But apparently, Kevin Costner is... Uh, that, was his, that was his darling, so to speak. And um, he... Uh, in the original making of this movie, Kevin Jar uh, was commissioned to make... To write the Wyatt Earp script. And when he was writing it, it turned into like a more of a tombstone. He wrote, like, wrote it as that. And, um, and Kevin Costner did not like that. Apparently, he wanted him to focus a lot more of Wyatt Earp and of different times, uh, different times, uh, like, uh, especially extending his, uh, the OK Corral fight, which is a, a true historical point, by the way. It's a real thing that happened. Um, cause Wyatt Earp is a real character, real person. And, um, and one of those focuses to be different, and Kevin Jarrett was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Or whatever happened happened to be this way, that Tombstone got made instead. And uh, in the making for the movie, I remember that uh, Kevin Costa did a lot, because he was very powerful back then. He's still powerful now, but not as much as he was back in the 90s. And um, from what I heard or what I read about is that he tried a lot in his power to get this movie to not be released. Really? Yeah, hmm. like with studio interference and a lot of other things, and obviously did not plan out, thankfully. But um, he tried a lot of things to get it like delayed as much as possible, especially because he wanted to be first, kind of like the moon landing. He wanted his wider movie to be first. Ah, uh, interesting. Uh, obviously, that failed because Tombstone was made pretty fast. It was made a lot faster than his movie. It wasn't obviously as long and all that. Um, and Tombstone had like about like a year head start or something like that. When they were making it, um, so there's that also. Uh, besides that, I hear that one of the one of the fun comebacks from this from this production is that Tombstone had purposely, like in advance, had out so, out bots or bought all of the all of the um, what do you call it wagons? No, but close. All of the wardrobe from uh-huh. all of the production houses that made wardrobe from the from this time period. They bought it all in advance, so they, so Wyatt Earp would have to 
get their clothes somewhere That's else. Funny as hell. See, I always thought they and just why made are... those movies like clothes for movies per yes. movie. Yeah. Sometimes, no. no, yes, sometimes for maybe for like the main actor and stuff, but not not for everybody else. There's no time. There's no way. The production value would go so fucking much higher. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. So especially for a Western, like do you have so many movies to come back out of, you know, that they've made stuff for? Especially Cleanest Wood alone. Cleanest Wood right. alone. Uh so what they had to do, what Wyatt Earp production had to do is that they had to go to Europe to buy all the the costumes for their movie. Uh, which is funny. Um so uh this movie had a lot of bad production stuff going in. Uh for one, Kevin Jarr, the writer of the movie was supposed to be the director. He was the original director of this movie. And it's funny because IMDb has his name as a co-director, but for the longest time it wasn't. It was Cosmatos' name. Um, and the movie, it only says Cosmatos' name. It doesn't say Kevin Jar. Yeah. Um, but he was supposed to be the director, but I guess that was his first time out as a director. Like he would use jumping from writer to writing and directing. And I guess it was too much for him, is my understanding of the, of the production. And like had to bow out or had to be kind of like told to step back because he was either too many mistakes or he wasn't de- dealing with the pressure of it all maybe. Uh, who knows for sure, but he wasn't cutting it. And they brought in Cosmatos to direct it. Now, if you notice Cosmatos' movies, he did a Rambo sequel and something else. And what is known about this guy is that he is a ghost director. You guys know what a ghost writer is, right? Yes. yes. Uh, in this case, it doesn't mean quite the same. He's a ghost director because they brought him in, and I don't know why they did this. They brought him in to fake direct this movie because the rea- the real director of this movie is actually Kurt Russell. He was there every day making all the choices and the shot scenes and uh, picking all the layouts, um, from my understanding. And that Cosmetos was brought in to be the, the figurehead to be the name director of it. And I don't know why, because this is something that's uncommon nowadays, where like that wouldn't happen anymore. Uh, if I, if an actor wants to direct, they would just be the director. Is it because they didn't want like the, they didn't think they should be doing that? Kind of like uh, like uh, TV TV actors and movie actors not blending together? Like you're either doing I, TV or movie? Is that the I reason? I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit of the pricing, something with to do with uh, his contract would have to been changed, and maybe the movie would have been... Um, dead in the Possibly. water if they uh, felt like they had to pay Kurt Russell a director's fee as well. That could be a thing, too. Because um, back then, those contracts were much more meticulous. Don't get me wrong, they're meticulous now, too, but not as much as it was uh, back then, especially with a, a brand name like Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Because he was huge by then. And uh, and I think that's part of why, even though it was a part of why he still wanted the movie to be made and done, because he liked the movie, it was a passion project for Kurt Russell, that he was apted to direct it, but not give his name for it. This is uh, this truth came out in an interview in the 2000s, by the way, that Kurt Russell made about Tombstone. Oh, really? So it wasn't known for a long time. Yeah, oh. it wasn't public knowledge anyway. Sure, I know, I understand. That's what I mean. So that's interesting, right there. And Cosmatos, apparently, uh, like I said, he did the, one of the Rambo sequels. I think the second one, and it is it is also known from that production by now, definitely before Tombstone, that uh, it was Stallone that directed that movie, not Cosmatos. Even though, again, he was the name. Of the director, <laughs> you know, like his name is on the thing. So it's funny that this guy is kind of a ghost director. He is the father of um, uh, Panos Cosmatos, who directed Mandy. So it's just a little connection there, a little Hollywood connection there for you all. And he also did uh, the Black Rainbow movie, which very good movie. 
very different style, of course. His son actually directed his movies and is much more fucked up. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, so now, Tombstone. Luke, uh, normally I would start with you because you haven't, because you had never seen this movie until today, but for, I, I haven't actually started one of these reviews yet. So I'm going to start off on this one and say that Tombstone, it is a beloved childhood movie of mine. Um, I've, I don't know if I saw it in 93 necessarily, but I definitely saw it in the mid-90s and uh, never really stopped watching it. It is uh, arguably the movie that got me into Westerns in general, that movie that would let me get into Westerns, um, that would make me like movies like uh, like Unforgiven and and, uh, and Pale Rider and anything from the future from there The on. Searchers, no. The Searchers, yes, yes, The Searchers. Uh, I don't know if you're making a joke there, but that, that, well, I just know it's old. Yeah, this from the 50s, I think. I think so. It's on that 100 top AFI movie list. So It might be. It is a good movie. It, yeah. It's a very good movie. Um, especially for a time. Anyway, um, and I, I, lo- I love the action of this movie. I always think back on this movie as being action, action heavy. And it isn't action heavy. Like, it isn't like every scene is an action scene. It isn't like that, but the buildups to the action scenes that are, are in this movie do feel epic and grand and uh, well shot. I feel like you understand all the action that's going on in the movie. Some great cut scenes in this movie in the action itself. Uh, I love the characters, you know, because again, these uh, other than Sam Elliott, who is a, an actor that was already like in its heyday by the time the nineties came around, like uh, every all these other actors, Bill Paxton and Kurt Russell, like they all had like movie of the weeks, blockbuster movies coming out every summer. So I knew them a lot. So it kind of helped along with, with like, under, you know, being into Hollywood back then the way that I was. So I was like in love with all these characters as well. Val Kilmer was huge back then from Top Gun and shit and the saint and shit like that. And not to mention Batman. Um, that, yeah. And, uh, I, it was also one of those rare movies where like, uh, the supporting character, like fucking, I mean, Kurt Russell is doing his best. There's a gnarly mustache and all that, and he, I think, he does a good job. He has some great lines in the movie, but the best lines go to fucking Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah. I never seen such a fucking. I mean, rarely since like I think it, it wouldn't be till Gangs in New York since a, a, a supporting actor uh, outbids the main actor. Two coats. So so hard. I think that movie does. I think that movie and this movie have that in connection in common. Um. That they both uh, kind of like uh, the supporting character uh, outmatches in memory and in steam, in acting, in lines, the main character. Uh, obviously, another movie like Clerks would be the same way. Randy has the best lines. Randy's the second character. So, uh, I feel like these three movies have that come. So, uh, yeah, I fucking love this movie. It is an action-packed, fun, uh, great movie. It has some wonderful set pieces. That's a great I think uh, overall cautionary tale in the aspect to it. It has a lot of things to say about its time period and about violence and about America. I think I, I do think it has that in it. Um, great performances. I think it does have some short shrifts. It does doesn't do a great job in some aspects, of course. Um, this movie really deals with uh, with the brotherly love of Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. I think a lot more than anything else. Um, like a lot of the movies with Wyatt Earp is concerned, especially the Kevin Costner movie, from what I remember, because I've only seen that once and I hated it, is that it deals a lot more with the love story stuff about Wyatt Earp. Um, but this one does not. This one is much more um, different than that. It's uh, it's more about like camaraderie and shit like that. Right. And it's, uh, just love it, man. Just love it. Now, uh, Ralph. No, wait. Who would be next? Luke is next. Luke, 
Yes. What did you think of this movie? It's your first time. Yeah, first time. Um, I finally know where Amir Huckleberry came from. So you've heard that before. I've heard that quote, but I never knew what it was from. Okay. Or who said it? Yeah, yeah. I'll be your Huckleberry. The, yeah. the way he says it, it's just, right, it's I just can't even perfect. comment. I can't even do it. It's good. Yeah, no. Um, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Westerns. They have to be pretty exceptional. This, I think, is going to be one of them. Oh, hey. So, yes. I I do agree that this is one hell of a What are the exceptional Western. Westerns to you? Like, which ones do you hold in high esteem besides this one now? This one. Oh, I'm just curious. True Grit. The remake, I assume? Yes. And, uh... Yep. That's <laughs> That's it? Damn. Not a big Western person, if you knew. We should do a Western marathon. I think that's what we need to do. I'm pretty sure I've seen more. I just don't remember them. Okay. Yeah, I'm Let's trying to think also. I don't know if Unforgiven. I... You like that one? No, I've seen it. I liked it. Well, you didn't name that as one of your favorites. That's what I was... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think oh, well, what else is there. No country for old men. Mm. It's hard. It's hard to consider that a western, but yeah, I, I, I would, I can see it as that. Yeah. Western esque. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Although, yeah, very good movie. Highly enjoyed it. Um, oh, Back to the Future too. Obviously. <laughs> That's three. Oh, three, 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 three. Sorry. Two um, is the opposite. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no. What else is there? Hmm. Sam Elliott uh, Sam Elliott is always just the best type of cowboy person I mean he's the quintessential man we want to say we want him to order sarsaparilla at a bar like right. we want him to order that in a saloon like that's yeah. what we want him to do uh, which is funny because in Big Lebowski they literally have him do that yeah. um, and it's not a western <laughs> it's no, a it's bowling not. alley uh, Rob, what did you think of this movie? This is your fiftieth rewatch, I'm sure. But what do you what do you think? No, not fiftieth. It's under it's under double digits for sure. But it's I've seen so many seen so many times the scenes, you know. Like, mm. but uh, I would say like full full viewings, easily four, maybe five. Yeah, full viewings that I remember. I probably as a kid more, but I don't really remember that. Ninety three would be too ninety three to like by the time a five year span of those movies that you know really that you start watching other stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, besides that, I love the fuck out of this movie. This movie is, I mean, I can see why, uh, like, like, just watching witty movies like this is just like, well, I, I get where the wit comes from, I guess. Like, you know, just like, uh, and it is one of those things where Doc or Val Kilmer's character kind of just steals the scenes. Um, what's it called? And it's so, it's so easy to watch him, even though it's kind of hard to watch him too, because he's dying. The whole well, the thing is that we're, uh, and he mentions that as a joke, I think, when he's like, I'm in the prime of my life. He is not. He's like the opposite. He's like, in yeah. his, uh, he's in the downward spiral of his life. He's like on, on death's door the whole time in the movie, since the very beginning. I always forget that when I rewatch this movie, yeah. that it's right away. It's not yeah, like he's, he's pale there. and he gets paler. Like, he's not, <laughs> he is the pale writer. Um, and um, I right. love how um, his character. Is like even even at his at his lowest physically, medically speaking, he is like doing that thing that he mentions, like living life to his fullest. As life life is not strange, life is life, and it's like you gotta live up to every minute of it. And like he does that, um, he's doing that throughout the movie as much as he possibly can. Yeah, and uh, and that goes in 
in step with what he's able to do in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it does very it does feel like I know we follow Kurt Russell's character or Wyatt Earp like most of the movie. Um, very few so maybe it's all in between scenes in the same scene as we're following other people. But really it just followed Wyatt Earp the whole time. Um, but getting his purse it is almost like you kinda know well, I don't know what's going on with everybody else. Like yeah. and it is because he's such a like he feels boring because he's he's the good guy. He's like the lawman, the good, mm-hmm. the good person. He almost feels boring. Where, but at the same time, he's he's not. The, the I, I love the interest that uh, uh, Josephine uh, Dana Delaney's character has in him. Right with his like, why why are you like? Besides the fact that he looks like this kind of badass, he is a badass. He's he's killing you with his eyes. He's got these eagle sharp eyes. You know, he's mm-hmm. always looking. He's always all these things, and he's very. He looks like a very interesting person. He probably has a lot of interesting things happen to him, right? Or because he's been involved in. But he would consider himself a very boring person. Um, there's not much going on, he, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Besides him just being a lawman. Uh, and it is interesting because he kind of plays that role also. And so you realize that, well, it's you being a lawman that is all these things, you know? And it's all these things that happen that are like very famous scenes in, just in history with the OK Corral and all the things that are happening and that you just pay attention to throughout the movie. And all the, all those, uh, all those, uh, set pieces are, are done very well. All the scenes are shot very well. Um, it just makes, I don't know. It's, a, it's such a easy movie to watch. Cool movie to also like, just like the, the dialogue is really, I mean, dialogue is king. It's really good in the movie. Just how they speak to each other and everything. It all feels very, even the intro, the intro, you almost want to, I made a, I made a joke when we were watching it. Like the three amigos make fun of this, you know, <laughs> like yeah. and stuff like that. It's just there's a, there's so much good stuff going on in this movie that, but yeah, it is it is interesting to see that even though Kurt Russell is a main character, you want to know what's going on with everybody else, especially Doc. Is, yeah, well, mainly Doc, but yes. <laughs> what is a Doc Holiday movie? Uh, honestly, I think there is one. Just sure, not I, with I Doc Hilmer. No, yeah, that's the one I want. <laughs> well, you're not gonna get it anymore. Um, I think uh, I want to talk about uh, let's get into Wyatt Earp a bit because uh, I do think that um, his character obviously it drives the movie, and I think it drives it pretty well. Um, I do think that uh, most, if not, because this movie is not perfect. This movie has some holes in it for sure, and then one of those things is uh, his relationship with his wife. I feel like a lot of that has been uh, was uh, waylaid along the. Along the way, like they pay very little attention to it, and at some point, like they do shortcuts in their screen in the screenwriting to get to the ending that they want, which is a Hollywood ending. Uh, when it when he ends up with Dana Delaney, mm-hmm. is yeah. that he's like, dude, I, I have nothing. I have just me. I will love you for every day, but I, you know, I don't have any like prospects. And she ends up saying like, well, my family's rich, so. That's some yeah. short. That is some shortcut ass fucking way to right, right, right. W- walk away to have a happy ending. And not to mention, they had to kill off the wife in the after post credit thing. Well, they were kind of doing that. Already. And she was like chugging she was the laudanum. The jug. She was chugging that laudanum. You don't sure. chug laudanum. You take it by the drops, bro. Yeah. What is laudanum? Yes, it's a yeah. What he said. It's like sarsaparilla. What's sarsaparilla? So it's alcohol. No, it's drug. Oh, it's a drug. Lanham is like this uh, uh, opiate, I think. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not. <laughs> uh, but you take it by drops, and it makes you like uh, loopy and, and sleepy and shit like that. It makes you. Mm. 
Yeah, she was literally like taking swings on <laughs> Yeah, she was. Yeah, like I feel like they, they didn't do uh, really a lot there. And I think the movie would have paid off more if they made us understand that relationship a bit better. Um, they just had it like, she's kind of had it like nagging more than anything. Kind of like, uh, that, that didn't work out. But uh, what do you guys think of like his... Like, I really like his motivation for everything else, though, because the movie starts off with him getting to Tombstone with his uh, brothers yeah. to um, done make job. money. Yeah, they've done they, their they, they, they did the right thing. He did the right thing for the longest time. He was already, like, you know, nationally famous and wants yeah. to settle yeah. down. And even, like, but it's not even that. It's like they probably seen it all around them. Everyone making money and they're just... Well, that's the thing is that that one guy out. comes up to him and he's like, like careful with... Uh, you know the the thing about uh, being wealthy is that you can't ever get there with a with a healthy conscience or something without a guilty conscience. Yeah, without a guilty conscience, he's like, I already have a guilty conscience. Might as well make the money. Yep, right, right, yep. because of the things he had to do. Uh, and I love every time someone approaches him, he's like, No, I'm not interested in things. <laughs> yeah, right. anybody, anybody approaches him, he's like, Yeah, I'm not interested in things. Like, yeah, no, he knows immediately. The sheriff uh, is it the sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff comes up to the him. County sheriff. Yeah, county sheriff. What Fuck a piece of useless shit. piece of yeah. Thank you. Yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Um, I feel like that that also could have been explained more, by the way. Um, but whatever. So, um, I I, lo- I love his introduction to to Tombstone because he is uh, not a cold bastard or anything. He's just like kind of sick and tired of it. Like, and also we got to know historically speaking, this movie tries to be historically accurate as much as it can, and it tries, and I think it succeeds in most of the stuff. And one of those things is that it explains how the violence really works in this movie, and it reminds me a lot of Unforgiven, in the sense that. Um, Wyatt Earp was famous for one shootout, like for one thing that he did, and he just did it really well. He happened to be the person that was right for this one situation, and that's what made him famous. That's what made him Wyatt fucking Earp, you know? And, like, what you got to realize is that back then, uh, pistols and, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, the, the, the hardware that everyone used for violence, um, it was hard to shoot straight. And for those that could, will rarely find themselves in shootouts. And those that did those and managed to survive shootouts were the only ones that could be good enough to be called gunslingers, like, of his era. Like, it's really hard to get to those steps and be a good shooter, calm under pressure, and being able to have that history to go along with. You can never know until you're in it. Yeah. So, like, when a shootout like the OK Corral happens in this movie, that's why it's rare to see them, and it's rare to see the the heroes come out of it alive because so very few people can shoot straight and all and can survive them yeah had to pull out that peacekeeper yes right you gotta make the peacekeeping title work out for you uh so that's why Wyatt Earp and people like Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday are like or Ringo even Ringo is a, a good example of the ones that have made it out of those kind of shootouts and have only gotten better because of experience it's really hard to get to the first you know, part of that experience, which is getting into shootouts and surviving, you know. Um, and that's part of the, the, the draw of this movie, I feel like. It has a historical viewpoint of that. And I liked it. Mm, interesting. Never, Never knew that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a big big scene where he literally goes up to them in the river. Yeah. Like, kamikaze style. Like, I'm just yeah. going to go die. And he's just, even, I mean, Doc's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I love the scene after that. It's like, we're, like where's Wyatt? You're walking on water. Like he's fucking Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of that also. Well, he calls himself, uh, he's like, yeah, Wyatt and his immortals, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, they, it kind of is, right? Because they are, they are that good with the gun, like you said, right? 
there are these gunslingers <laughs> who and they're going against people who are like think they are these badass people. They can't yeah. fucking hit the side of the barn, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, except for like the top ones. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the? Okay, so there's uh, that for Kurt Russell's character for White Earp, and. Um, we also, you know, get to see a lot of his brothers, but not really that much because it's really the first half of the movie is where they're in it, and then uh, and then they leave, you know, and it's like a, a reversal. Like one of them gets killed, the one that I love Bill Paxton's exit in this movie. It's really tear jerking. Um, how he talks about the light and he doesn't see the light at the end that he yeah. always hears about. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool. Um, it kind of a uh, kind of. I mean, I, I feel like it was a little strained to see him. Like your older brother got shot. And then you're going to go out to the billiards club and you hope you don't get shot. Like, how do you, why would you ever stand in front of a window um, for the same day? But that was kind right. of dumb. It was kind of forced. But besides that, I thought that was a cool scene. And and this movie becomes a revenge story <laughs> after that. Yeah, it does, now, what, change, it does change very, very, very quickly. You could miss it out. You could miss out it, to be honest with you, if you're not paying like attention. All of a sudden, two, two, two shootouts and you're just like, what happened? Like, how did this movie switch out so fast? Well, people died, and now we're doing this, and now we're here. We are. It yeah. went from this peaceful place to not anymore. And all because they sh- they shot the the marshal. Right, it starts with that. They shoot the marshal, and right. uh, and then Wyatt Earp interferes. Um, yeah. What do we think of the bad guys? The the, the, cowboys? the cowboys. Yeah. That we 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 get introduced to them actually. Well, yeah, we no, get they were the first the, ones in the movie. Yeah, right? the movie. Yeah, they kill. Uh, Federales, right? Yes, the, yeah, the killing Federales. That was so they're, oh, they're, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was fucked up. They're killing. They're cop killers. Like they're they're bad guys through and through. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of deserve everything that's coming to them, right? They just need to. They just need to get away with it. They're playing nice to play nice to not. You know, no one likes the guy who's. And you said it. You said it perfectly when we were watching the movie because we watched this movie together. The most recent viewing, right? Um, yeah. Which is uh, he wins money. And he, in a typical bad guy fashion, or you know, like he just spends it all on everybody. Yeah, like and that's what you should do. Like that's that's he's that guy. He's he doesn't care. You know, he, they probably don't have a lot of money to begin with. You know, until they need it or whatever, they just yeah. spend it. They just have alcohol, women, you know, place to sleep, whatever they. I mean, it's really what else they do? They just live for carefree. It's just as long as they're not working, their work is stealing people. <laughs> stealing yeah. people's and it's a big gang too. It's kind of like it tells you. It's a actually lot of, way bigger than expected. Yeah. Yeah. It foretells. Yes. Uh, it foretells of like the city, like in the future, some city having kind of gang. You think organized crime, of, essentially? Organized crime. Yes. Yeah. The movie kind of says that in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a couple hundred of them, or okay. over a hundred? About about there, uh, a few yeah. dozen at least. And yeah, it's got a lot of. I mean, some of them betray them too. They become part of the white. Right, they're like, yeah, movies. we can't do this shit no more. Yeah, right. Yeah. They went too far, right? Which is like, what does that look like to them? Um, yeah, and they're obviously they're the red sashes, also a big part of the the gang kind of right. initiation kind of part of ordeal. But he was a puss the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I know he was just. Uh, uh, yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he was the leader only in probably the, in brutality, and that's it. Right. Um, Almost reminded me of the who's that? Uh, who's the guy that he t- kicks off of the of the gambling table? Uh, the guy who survives to the end? No, no, no. The no. When uh, when Wyatt Earp gets on to uh, to the town of Tombstone and he takes that job away from uh, Billy, oh, Bob uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, 
That's yeah. nobody, but yeah. No, that's nobody, but he kind of reminds you of, like he's a big talker. That's the that's the that's the. Oh, difference. I see. Well, he does thing. shoot back, but the, 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 the big difference, right? Yeah. He does shoot back, right? But like, <clears> he's never afraid of him. I love that's a funny scene to watch. Also, <laughs> they're never afraid of him at all. He's like, "What do you do with that gun? Just leave it there." I love that scene so much. And he tries and to when he's about to shotgun him, and then Doc Holliday interrupts him. <laughs> right, and they just ignore him the whole. It's so funny. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, because they know what kind of like they know it instinctively. Yeah. They know well, he's not a killer type. Yeah, right. at least not the one in front of your face. <laughs> yep, you only shoot him from the back like an asshole. Which is funny because uh, uh, what's that other famous Western character died similarly, like shot in the back in a poker table? I forget his name. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> but the, I love the bad guys and especially that opening scene with the with the Federalists because it foretells their doom. Because the priest is talking about the uh, the Bible passage, yeah, and like literally, Kurt Russell later on in the rain on his horse is telling them to, it's like threatening them and saying that he is death coming to them, just like the quote in the Bible passage. Um, that was like a great foreshadowing that Kurt Russell is going to be there, their undoing. Yeah, that was great. Um, what do you think of Ringo? He's like the the fa- he's like the main bad guy technically. Yeah, yeah. Do we buy? Um, what do we buy him as? I mean, he's like a pure psycho, probably. Yeah, he's pretty deranged. I mean, I love what Doc Holliday has to say about him. We could talk about both, I guess, if you want. But like, how I love how he puts it in the. He has a great line about it um, when he's like, con, when he's in bed, like trying to get better uh, at Charlton Heston's ranch. By the way, that was Charlton Heston. Um, he says. Uh, about Ringo, like he has a hole in his heart, and no amount of killing or thieving can fill it. And, yeah. And like, and like, what is he? A- like, what is like? He's after revenge or something. He says, like, what is he after? I'm um, like, he, he's he's mad he's that he's for being born. For, yeah. yeah. Like that he good, is. That's a good line. That's a good line. Like the way he puts that, I thought yeah. that was really good. Some it's like being born at the wrong time. Being born of this shit. Being born at all, you know, yeah. kind of. Like yeah, like, that's one way to put it. Why well, he's such a fucking asshole. Right. Yeah, because that is like the big threat at the end towards it, right? Yeah. When they're hunting them after the death of the two brothers. After once it becomes a revenge story, that's the, he's the big threat. Johnny Ringo. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and the only one that probably uh, Wyatt up couldn't defeat and fucking Doc Holliday says as much, like, no, nah, you can't you can't beat him. Yeah, well he asked them, right? That's a simple question. that's a question. You think I can win this? And he's like, No. <laughs> I mean, that's honest, brutal, honestly, brutal honesty, yeah. But you know, you know who can, right? Yep, dude, he handed his ass. He really did, yeah. Also, great scene of that that scene when he's uh, where you can cut the tension in the air when <laughs> when he pulls out the gun and he's doing all these fancy moves. That is a great way to deescalate a situation. He really deescalated that situation with the, with the cup. cup. It's yeah. so funny. He does all the same moves, you know, and it just. It's such a fucking great scene. Because he also looks like he's about to puke or to call oh you know, tilt over. He always is so sickly. <laughs> or drunk or just he's so bad. I like how the doctors are like, you just need rest and stop doing all these libations, you know? And you're like, yeah, like, that's not happening. Mm. <laughs> Smoking and drinking and fucking. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I always forget the scene. Like, I, I, um, I'm sure we saw it, Rafa. I don't know if there was there a scene where he says goodbye to his, like, girl? No, right? She just kind of like leaves at some point, right? When when they're out, like revenging. The last thing that happens was 
the last thing that happens from what I remember was she says, haven't I been a good woman to you? Haven't I done all this thing? Haven't I done like, and she's like jerking him off or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. haven't I like, and you know, she's like, he's like, of course you have. And it was right after the doctor. And I think she feels bad. And she doesn't, she leaves not too much after that. Cause like the doctor's kind of telling you, you're going to die because you do all these bad things. Mm-hmm. And she enables them, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think she's, but yeah, it is one of those, like she just kind of leaves and they just kind of like let it go. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, and and the the OK Corral scene, um, something that's, you know that's a very famous historical action thing that really happened. That scene is also like it's kind of controversial a little bit in how the movie showed it because there's some controversy for, regarding what actually happened in what order, yeah, like, and who shot first and who shot who. Uh, but a lot of it was pretty. I mean, some of it was pretty accurate too, and especially in the in the what do you call it the um, the end result, basically. Um, but there was a lot of shooting, a lot of missing. Notice, yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of missing. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's a cool scene where he shoots up in the air with a shotgun to get the horse out of the way. Yes, yeah, cool. it just shows Doc Holliday is like really a really he's a smart fighter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There's some cool stuff for sure. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, or anything you want to touch on? Mm-hmm. I just love how uh, Doc Holliday just walking, always got that sweat. Just going down him, like. Also, uh, seventy-two hours. Is that what he said? He was up for three days straight or something. It was a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like three days. That's crazy. How does a man not want to go to sleep? Yeah. He's living life to the fullest, like he said. Losing and winning, probably. <laughs> yeah, I there's a, there's some there's some scenes that's interesting. Like you could like it's just the time, right? The, when they're all in the uh, the play. Uh, you know, they're just like mm-hmm. they're, all, those, all those people are doing the performing and the, the cowboys are all shooting and stuff like that. That's fucking nuts. It, it is. It's There's the, no gun control. But no one bats an eye. They, right. Obviously the actors are because they're about to get shot, right? Potentially and all these things, right? But like no one bats an eye as like the crowd is just like, ah, oh, it's funny. Or but, like, oh, they shoot at the juggler. Like, oh my God, they're actually shooting at us. Right. Yeah. Like, there's. Where do, what does the roof of that place look like? Where do all the bullets go? Right. I, know, I had said it jokingly also. Like, like you to be a roofer, man, you got business. Like, <laughs> you're almost as good as yeah. uh, Undertaker, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially in that, in that hall. Yeah. Uh, but Billy Zane, though, in that movie, is a pretty actor. That was funny. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that they shot and killed. Yeah, well, too pretty for his own good. Yeah, yeah, getting some world viewpoint there for Dana Delaney's character, yeah. and uh, and I guess wider up too a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, but ultimately this movie is really about like brotherly love, and it's about revenge as well. But like brotherly love too, and that scene uh, of uh, Holiday and Earp in the in the hospital right at the very end. Oh yeah, yeah, that was just, just such a good scene. I love that. He gets coming back. He needed that permission. Credits. Of course, he needed that permission. He would never have left his side. Yeah. He yeah. never, yeah. Right. But he, Doc Holliday needed him out, too. That was uh, that was really touching. And really, like, I can I see the point of view of both really easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want anybody to be there either and fucking see me fucking suffer. Yeah. Like, all this shit. Especially somebody, you know, like that, you know, your closest yeah. confidants and stuff. But I love how that was the last, uh, the last motivational point he needed, that push he needed, right, to go for, to go for to to the girlfriend, to yeah. the girl, right, to the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's also like, 
Well, it's just funny how the the doc just joined them. Like he's he never he just came to be with the oh well you're my body. I just, I have nothing else to do. Right? That, that, that's the only reason he went to Tombstone. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, just to hang out with them. Right. It was like, well, I got nothing else to do. Fuck it. You're going to Tombstone? Sure, I'll go to that hell. Yeah. Whatever. Like, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and it's just so funny. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm going to be bored over here. Like, I'm playing out with you. Like, the fuck? I ain't got no roots over here. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those, like, kind of moments. Like, you already know from the beginning that they're obviously really close. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is. It's a fun movie, man. It's a really fun, rewatchable movie. Yeah. If you have never seen it, and if you stuck by this long, I got spoiled, but watch it anyway. It is very good. And I think, unless you guys have anything else, uh, you guys, do you guys have anything else? Mm, I don't know. I'm glad I finally watched it. Good. Let's see if this makes you end of the year list. Do you want to say something? No, sorry. <laughs> you keep cursing that. Yeah, I was about to say something. Oh, this one not like it, has it probably it might make that list. Not gonna lie. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, I think that is it for Tombstone, and a, that's the 30th anniversary, of course, uh, review of Tombstone. Uh, check it out. Wait, wait, where was it playing? Was it playing anywhere? No, I know we have it on iTunes, but yeah, I don't. know. I actually bought it. You bought it? Okay. Uh, I don't know why you bought it, but you did. Uh, for my okay. own enjoyment. For your own enjoyment. Yeah. Amazon credit. Oh, okay. And because it's movies anywhere, it goes on my iTunes. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be streaming somewhere. I know it was at some point last year. I saw it somewhere last year. But um, anyway, and uh, that is it for review, and that is it for our show this time. So you have been listening to another movie podcast. Do not forget that we come out every other Wednesday. Next time, I believe Luke here. I'm closing out the marathon. He's closing out the marathon. What are you closing out the marathon with? Um. 1993, obviously. Yeah. A movie I have never seen, but I've seen clips and bits of. Michael Douglas. I don't know. It's a clip-worthy movie, I guess. But I've never seen it. Okay. Michael Douglas in Falling Down. (laughs) Falling Down. Man, I've seen a lot of this movie, for sure. I've seen it many times. Yeah, it'll be my first time. I'm excited. Meltdown of a fucking human. I, it's kind of wild, though. I'm curious to see how it holds up now. Right. Yes. And uh, then, obviously, we are going to watch. You're telling me. I know. Defense. Defense. Sorry. I don't know. No, no. It's the same like he's, like, he's like, he's at McDonald's or Burger King or wherever. And he's like, You're telling me I can't get a fucking. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that clip. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the time. It's, so, it's, right. it's great. Yeah, sorry. Right, right, I'm, right. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Okay. Then, also, it's Michael Douglas. Chris Nolan's Oppenheimer. Oh man, big movie! I know it's huge. Oppenheimer. Okay, cool. You saw that real? I sent you a picture of. Hmm. Of what? Oh yes, you did. The actual reel of Oppenheimer, so fucking huge. Yeah. They have yeah. like retrofit movie theaters for it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Then, then uh, Netflix original movie. They cloned Tyrone. Okay. Don't know anything about this one. Insane. We're gonna find out. Okay, yeah, check it. That's going to be out already. Is that out already? Or that will be out on the 21st of July. I think same as Oppenheimer. Got it. Okay, cool. Those are the movies. So, yeah, that's all right. So it looks like Luke elected not to pick Barbie. We're going to see <laughs> what he feels about that. I didn't want to make you guys watch two movies in theaters. You know? Please, I, I've been doing We've all been doing that for a long time. Are you kidding me? You guys do a long side. I, I say, I don't give a fuck. No, clearly, Luke hates feminism. Yeah, that's what oh, he, that's wow. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Wow. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Hate you all. 
Anyways, uh, until then, everybody, I am Oscar. And Luke. <laughs> and Ralph. Ralph. One later. Ralph. 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 You don't even know your name. Ralph. Yeah, that one. Later. <laughs> you will not remember the last hour and a half of what you have just seen. You will forget the contents of this movie.